The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They don't reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, lighten the fuck up. Enjoy. Now, Crown Vic. Oh, hey there, guys. Welcome to the 41st edition of the Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. I am your host. I think I've got a great show lined up for you. I got to go edit it right now. I promised my wife I was going to try and do a shorter episode because we got a big day tomorrow. Might go to Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know if we're going to have time. And, of course, I uh, recorded this, like, almost three-hour-long monstrosity. It's not a monstrosity. It's a roller coaster. I think you guys enjoy it. I talked to a guy that I used to work with as a cop in the same agency and he got out. And so we talk about getting out some other things. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it, but I have to give thanks to who made this podcast possible because without them, I wouldn't be able to do it. And that's my friend, Richard Moore. He's a Navy veteran, former law enforcement officer, former high risk overseas security contractor. And now he's a current realtor with the Pearson Smith Realty Group in Northern Virginia, located in Ashburn, and serving the entire Northern Virginia community, including Fairfax, Prince William, Alexandria, Arlington, and London counties. Integrity, dedication, and professionalism. You can email him at richard.moore at pearsonsmithrealty.com. Don't worry. I'll have all that information for you in the description of the podcast and uh, other ways you can get a hold of this guy. So, friend in the business, you live in Virginia, he will take care of you guys. And thanks again, Richard. I appreciate you. So I'm going to make this intro nice and short because it's a longer podcast. Poorly made weight loss challenge. Down. Good. I don't know if it's the magic pills. I don't know if it's uh, me. I don't know. But we're down. I was going to say the magic pills. I don't know if they're doing for weight loss, but got a lot more energy. So down a total of 14.2, which I think is the most it's been. It's still going slower than I like. And with that said, I think this is going to be the last drinking podcast for a little bit. We'll see. Uh, or maybe I'll slow it down. But I, I feel like the nights I drink hurts the ability to lose weight. So maybe I'm going to tone it down a little bit. We'll see. Because I got a long, long ways to go. All right. Uh, real quickly, thank you. I've had a few more people rolling with the uh, setting up the uh, donations to the podcast. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. The other thing I was going to throw out, I, I mentioned it on the, on the page, but the whole shadow ban thing. That's real. So word of mouth is important. So, you know, tell your friends, you know, people you think would enjoy the podcast. I would appreciate that. All right. With that said, we're going to get right to the podcast. No band. It's late at night. I'm lazy and I want to get this done because I got a big day tomorrow. So love most of you guys. Enjoy the podcast. All right. And now the moment you've all probably been waiting for. I have on the line Nick Jr. How are you doing today, Nick? Junior, <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem, man. So, full <laughs> transparency, uh, Nick Junior and I are former coworkers. Yep. So, and we share a common bond in that we both left our god awful department. Is that correct, sir? That's accurate. Yeah. So, I thought we could kind of give some insight uh, to some people that are maybe thinking about leaving maybe thinking about staying and I don't, I'm not doing this to discourage anybody from police work. 
uh, I think it's a good honorable job. And as many of you know, I miss it and I want to go back. So this podcast isn't about shitting on police work, but to, um, I guess to give some people some different ideas about what people go through. So, but before we, uh, we lay it on, are you having anything tonight to drink Nick jr? Yes, sir. What do you got? What do you got on hand there? Uh, I've got a few different things here. I've got a, uh, Dr. Pepper with a copious amount of tin cup. And I've got four left-hand brewery peanut butter milk stouts. You're ready to fucking rock and roll, dude. Yes. Let's go. Wow. Okay. So to to be completely fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. All right. I can't play the whole 19-second clip. But I will be drinking tonight, but maybe probably less than normal. But I feel like once we get talking, I'll be like, hey, hold on. Let me go get some more beer. So yeah, that's probably a good uh, idea. Yeah, I got a I got a big day uh tomorrow. Um might go to Home Depot, Bed Bath and Beyond if we have time. I don't know if we're gonna have time though. For the 30 people that got that joke, thank you. Um <laughs> now I wanted to feel like I was at home. Um, so I, I'm drinking a beer from a local brewer from Colorado. You might have heard of them. Um it's a it's a beer uh called Cor Corse, Coors, Coors Light. It's supposed to be as cold as the Rockies. Oh, <laughs> There's nothing, nothing colder than a, a good old fashioned yellow belly, my friend. A what? The Colorado Kool Aid. A yellow belly. Coors Original. Uh, see, I, the banquet beer. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I always go with the lights, but you can't go wrong with the banquet beer. Yeah, di- diet beer tastes good too sometimes. Hey, look, man, I'm fat, <laughs> and I've got to do what I can about my figure, okay? Because it's very rotund <laughs> at the moment. Give this Coors Light a little taste here. I've never had one of these before. Oh, God. Sweet mother of nectar. It tastes like the Rocky Mountains. I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> taste <laughs> taste like, like the river running straight in the golden? Yeah, the river. Um, there's definitely no hobos or bums in the river pissing in it at all. That's not happening. I'm not tasting that. But it does taste like a warm July day at Coors Field watching Todd Helton hit a home run for your Colorado Rockies. Those were the good days, man. Those were the good days. Anyway, buddy, enough about um, course, course lattes. Let's talk about you, man. So for the millions of people that are going to listen to this podcast, let's talk about Nick Jr. Nick Jr., tell the people a little bit about you and your policing career. Well, it wasn't a very long one. I'll tell That's you that. That's what she said. <laughs> No, I uh, I did about four years. Um, came on at in the beginning of like 2017 and left uh, about a year ago to the day almost. Actually, during that time, I worked patrol and uh, I did a very short stint on a special assignment before I was just completely fried and I just decided I I wasn't. I wasn't in the right mind anymore. And I, a lot of that was stemming from, you know, current events and, and all the stuff that, you know, everyday cops are going through. And anyway, just the way our department was handling it and, and some of the new policies and things that they were starting to roll out, I just couldn't get with the program. And I just morally, ethically, I was just, 
burnt. So I decided to step away and hang it up. Before we get too far, tell the millions of people on the podcast, I was probably the best cop you've ever met. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Hands down, dude. Thank you. Thank you for that. I did not pay him to say that. It's absolutely true. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, for those that know, they know who I think the best cop is of all time. Besides my dad, obviously, because my dad is. Yeah, um, Dirty Harry? No, the dark, my dark lord and savior. Oh, uh, yeah. You know who yeah, I'm talking man. about. I know exactly who you're talking about. Great guy. Yeah, the dark lord. Bless him. Anyway, man, I should get him on the podcast. Wouldn't that be fucking fantastic? Oh, it would be probably one of the best, honestly. You think he knows uh, what I a mean, podcast really is, ones. though. There's been some really good ones, but he would have... Uh, He'd have some really good things to say. Oh, he would. I don't think he knows what a podcast is, though. Probably not. No, he would be smoking a stogie. That's for sure. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> I can oh, picture man. him now. So me and you kind of have some similar parallels. You came from a policing family, right? Yeah, man. Very deep. My great grandpa, my grandpa, my dad, my sister, um, my uncle, uh, for a little while there, he, he ended up kind of doing what I did and stepped away, but that was in like the early eighties, but long, long, long line, very proud family. So what you, what you're saying is you're basically, uh, a systematic racist. Well, yeah. Systemic racism runs in your family is what you're saying. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because blue man is bad. Blue man, bad dude. (laughs) A cab. Anyway, enough about that. So come from a law enforcement family. And I think that I don't think that's necessarily true of a lot of guys, but I would be willing to bet a good percentage of people that get into law enforcement kind of runs in the family or they have a family member that was a cop or somebody close to the family is a cop. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think it's, it's kind of rare just for any random person. And I know it happens, but any just random person to, one day decide to influence themselves. Hey, I'm going to go be a cop. <laughs> I think a lot of us that, that get into it are influenced kind of by that hero figure in your life. You know, like looking up to my grandpas and my dad and just wanting to fill those shoes, you know, that that's what influenced me. And uh, I don't know if you knew this or not about me and this might be one of your cringe moments, but I actually, I was a, police explorer for a long time man from I actually got into the program early it was like 14 to 18 years old I was a police explorer and I loved it man I don't think there's anything wrong with explorers like I don't think there's anything wrong with it I'm sure it's like a great program I mean I'm sure there's other places where it's cringe being cringy about it then it's cringe but that's anything the guys who mentored me I'm still extremely close with them to this day and um, that that friendship has lasted f- for years. I mean, what half my life now? I'm 30 years old, so half my life I've known these guys, and I still talk to them on a regular basis. And they're all great, great guys, man. They're all just outstanding cops. And that program really it did a lot for me at a young age to really and with those type of cops back then, man. That we're talking this is before body cams. This is before you know. Uh, street cams or any of that other shit that it was the good old days and i was getting to go out and ride with them and and we were riding like you know downtown parts like bad areas and i got to see how they 
they use that hard style versus how, you know, dealing with some suburb cop, like the inner city guys, they got down, man. And I, I got to learn that style from them. And it was just really cool to see from a young kid perspective. And then also, you know, kind of like taking a peek behind the curtain and seeing how ugly the world really was, it kind of helped me grow, you know, seeing some horrible things and then having the cops explain it to me and having a better understanding of a, of life kind of at a younger age, if that makes any sense, but no, that makes a lot of sense. And okay, so I don't want to take away with from what you just said, but this I, this is probably going to come out and sounding a lot worse than it does in my head. But do you feel like sometimes life would be easier if you were dumber? Yes, absolutely. Okay, there'd be so much less to worry about. Yeah, and and I'm by no means am I saying I'm a a bright man. Um, I gave up a high paying job to move to Iowa and do a podcast in my basement. I'm not bright, but I just, man, ignorance is bliss, isn't it? And that part of it's our fault too, right? Where we, you know, we dive ourselves into like reading articles that are just, we know are going to piss us off anyway, that have no effect on our lives at all. It's like an addiction for me. I can't, I can't look away. Like I find myself looking at, at every news outlet whether it's cnn msnbc fox local news whatever like i know it's gonna piss me off and i i know i'm gonna have something smart ass to say about it but i am addicted to reading those articles and i think i'm addicted to to getting mad about them <laughs> if i'm being yeah, honest dude i think all a lot of us are i am and it's funny is uh me and my my little brother were on the fo- we were talking the other day on the phone and you know, I was giving him shit for staying there. And he's like, here's the thing. Where I live in Colorado, it's suburbs. I don't see any of the shit that's in the news. The only reason I get mad about it is because I read about it. If I yeah. put down my phone, it wouldn't exist. There is, some wife, flaw in the, there is some flaws in that logic, but I get what he's saying. My wife, bless her heart, love her to death, but she is very against reading the news and you know she just tries to stay out of it and she always gives me that cross-eyed look when i'm over there sitting on the couch or something she's like what are you looking at i'll be like oh you know cnn fox news just like you're like, looking at porn. turn that shit off man like like you're right i'll have to like throw my phone across the room but we've adopted this thing for my own mental health is that once a week i get to go on like a 15 minute rant about things that i'm pissed about and she just listens and then uh at the 15 minute mark, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Let's go to dinner. <laughs> I like it. That's a good plan. We should implement that everywhere. That's what I'm saying. Like gave me 15 minutes just to run off at the mouth and sound like a complete jackass for a minute. And then uh, I feel better. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, all right, let's go live our life now. I guess my, my argument about, you know, reading the news is if you don't read the news, then you are ignorant and then you don't know what's going on. And then that's when, you know, maybe your life is not affected, but you know, other people's lives can be negative effect, negatively affected. But what can you really do besides vote? Become a cop and try and change, change the world. <laughs> no. <Hero> complex. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, that's the thing. I mean, is it not though? I mean, I think there no, are some so people that true. totally it's, it's, put on the uniform for that reason. Well, here's, here's the truth, man. Like I definitely was very naive when I was a brand new cop, you know, like, And let me be perfectly clear to the listeners. I'm no veteran, you know, lifer cop. 
I only did four years, but it was enough time on the job and I enough bad calls and enough kind of stress to where I, I built that cynicism pretty quick. It's where I started out like, yeah, man, let's go. You know, like I want to save the world. I want to, you know, run into burning buildings and pull and I, that, that kind of, and every cop I think has that when they start, you know, and that's, and that's like a, a good quality to have, you know, and having that motivation and having that good attitude, it's always a good thing, but it, there is that time and there is, I think everybody at one point in their career is going to hit that wall of cynicism and be like, fuck this, man. (laughs) I think it comes sooner for than others. And I think it depends on your mindset and I think it depends on where you work and or other mixtures of things. I mean, for like a guy in a smaller place and not to shit on small town guys, but you don't get the same exposure as you do in big cities. You may yeah, you do your cop everywhere you go and being a cop is dangerous everywhere you go. But, you know, in a place like we work or we worked, I mean, yeah. I went on more homicides than I think most of these small town guys like they haven't had that many homicides in their town in the whole history of the town kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And you, you get a lot more exposure to that stuff and it builds up. And again, that can happen anywhere you work. I'm not I'm not discounting anybody's no, absolutely um, not I experience at all because i hate when people do that like well you don't know what it's like well here's the thing big city cops we don't know what it's like to work in a small town and there's a bunch of ins and outs of that shit that fucking sucks balls too it, a good point to that is that what inner city cops i don't think appreciate is well i guess not appreciate that's the wrong way of saying it but what we don't understand about small town guys is those dudes typically handle shit all the way on their own like where we work all i gotta do is you know get on the radio and say hey send me a couple cars and next thing you know half the district's there and we got like eight cops for one call and i'd start kicking people off scene versus those other guys their closest covers like 35 to an hour out like that's some scary stuff like you're going on a dv you're you're responding to something in one of these real remote places you're it so you got to be really good at, you know, talking. You got to be really good at de-escalating. You got to be real good at your tactics. I mean, all of it. So I appreciate that about those guys who, who work out there in the sticks because I always had cover like maybe a minute out. I don't ever remember calling for help and waiting more than a minute or two ever. Yeah, I think the longest I ever waited for a cover car, I was in a fight way down south where we worked. Um, and I think it was like six minutes and literally everybody showed up like special assignment guys showed up supervisors. It was, it was great. The response was amazing, but that was a long six minutes for me and the other guy that I was with. I will have to applaud the guys who showed up to that because they showed up quick. And I remember walking by a car and seeing glowing brakes and I just started laughing. I was like, hell yeah. That's what's up, man. There's nothing the better than the sound of the cavalry coming for sure. You I know what? It. That reminded me of if something that we're on this topic. I was asking him when I was new about working different shifts, and I, I said I was really excited to work graveyards. And he's like, "Graveyards is great. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of camaraderie, but you guys are it. You don't have special assignments. You yeah. don't have shift overlap. You don't have you know even guys working off duty sometimes." 
you're it. And I, you know, I got to thinking about that, but like bare minimum would be like 11 people, right? These dudes work in graves or work in, you know, out in the rural boonies. Nobody. I mean, nobody. nobody so, dude. man, I'll take 11 over nobody. Yeah, no doubt. So all you uh, deputies out there who work way out in the sticks, my hat's off to you guys. You guys are, you guys are pretty awesome. Yeah, and Except your sister wife love you. Dude, your sister wife love you. Yeah, exactly. But I'm going to tell you a funny story what happened to me um, this past weekend. So I was out in one of those counties here in Colorado. It's about 6 in the morning, and I was rolling down a, a two-lane. And I, was, I wasn't booking it, man. Like, I wasn't hauling ass. I was doing 12 over. And next thing I know, I see a white charger coming over the top of the hill, like just out of the – out of the sun sunrise and sure enough it was a fucking deputy and he, i saw brake lights in my rear view mirror and i was like fuck you sure need enough, your last <laughs> yeah, yeah. he pulled up on me and i i was like i saw the brake lights i saw him whip around i was like well i may as well just pull myself over because i know it's about to happen we're the only two ones out here so i went ahead and just pulled myself over I was thinking, I'm like, all right, man, if I can make this traffic stop, like how I would want it set up, you know, like thinking in his mind, like, I'm going to roll all my windows down and, uh, you know, I'm going to keep my hands in the steering wheel and I'm going to you know, be super respectful. And anyway, long story short, I didn't, I didn't tell him, uh, that I was a police officer. I wasn't trying to, you know, being a former cop where you kind of really lose that privilege. And, um, so I just kept it to myself and, uh, anyway, he walked back up to my window and handed me my, you know, my driver's license, registration, all that shit. And uh, he kind of started chatting me up. I was like, oh, cool. You know, I kind of got the, the indication that this was going to be a warning. So I mentioned him. I was like, hey, man, you know, I just I appreciate what you're doing out here. You know, uh, so I'm a former former cop. And, you know, I, I decided last year to, to step away. And I was like, so my hat's off to you for what you're doing out here. And I was like be safe, man. Like, don't let, you know, don't let SB 217 get you. And he kind of smirked at me and was like, cool, here's your summons. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. He summons and he's like, uh, just so you know, I went ahead and I only got you for five over. So, uh, why don't you just go ahead and pay the summons and drive safe and like totally turned around and walked away. And I was like, wow, I totally misread that situation and made myself look like a complete fucking asshole. But I just rolled my window up and I was like, damn, I got got like, can't be mad about it. You know, like it is what it is. I just read the situation wrong. But OK, but hold, hold on. This a is second, my though. first speeding ticket, dude. First speeding ticket ever. Let's dissect this a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. OK, so six in the morning, you're yep. doing 12 over. 12 over. Were any other cars around? No. Was it icy out? No. That guy's a cock. No, man. I, Come on, um, dude. 12 over in the middle of so nowhere. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. My philosophy, and I'm speaking only for myself on this one. I'm not expecting anyone else to agree with me on this, but speeding tickets were not my thing, dude. Like, never. I never went to... Uh, I don't think I wrote one. I had to write a couple when I was in FTO. And then I wrote another one a couple years later because... They were being an absolute dick to me on the stop. Like, and I wasn't being a jerk to them. You know, I was, I'd say I let 98% of P 
people go that I stopped. But anyway, nevertheless, like what I was trying to say is 12 over, yeah, okay. And then maybe if you're maybe if you're hunting for numbers or hurting for revenue, but 12 over, I'd especially if someone's like being super cool and like rolled your window, all your windows down so you can see because I have tinted windows. So I just rolled them down and um you know turned my dome light on even though it was bright enough to see into the truck. But I was just thinking like it's like the perfect setup, you know, if, if somebody did that for me and I stopped them and it was super polite and like gave me the courtesy of like showing the inside of my car, like giving you that, that view. It's like, dude, you know what? You did me a solid, you know what? Here's a warning. Here's my business card. Have a safe day. Let him go. But this dude, uh, had it, had it in his mind to do something different. And you know what? I'm, I'm not mad about it. And the reason I'm not mad about it is because I can't expect everybody to just let me go like you can't get away with everything you know what i mean like oh no at some point at some point you're gonna get bit and i got bit and i just i took it on the chin and it was like whatever dude like <laughs> no you 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 have perfect logic on that because if i'm gonna speed i run the risk of getting a ticket i know that every time and i usually cruise about nine to ten over that's like that's my going altitude usually yeah you know and if it's in traffic then i don't you know it, it depends on the conditions right 10 yeah. over i think is fine my whole thing about like especially 12 over open road what was was the speed limit 55 or 65 45 uh that's still... 45 but a two lane to two lane is out in the middle of pretty much no yeah that's to me here's the thing and i'll preface this that like i make fun of troopers a lot but let's be real look up the statistics right now how many people get killed in accidents Versus homicides. Um, it depends on what city you're talking about. No, nationwide. <laughs> nationwide. Nationwide. I'm telling you nationwide. You know traffic. what? Let's, let's let's look it up right now because I'm pretty sure it was traffic was more. So Fact check me. Traffic fatalities. While you're doing that, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, initiate my second beer. Okay, go do it. Okay. So traffic deaths each year. So here's the average is 38,000 people die per year in traffic accidents. Homicide. Surprising low. 38,000? That's a lot. I don't know. I um, thought it was higher. Okay. So here's all homicides. Let's see what year this is. Then this is via the CDC. 19,000. Okay. So that's a pretty big difference. Yes. So you are more likely to die in an auto accident, accident than to be yeeted by somebody else. I think there is absolutely traffic enforcement is important. And I think, you know, people, I, dangerous driving, you should get a ticket. If you're driving dangerously, you should get a ticket. If that's speeding or, or we, whatever it is, right? Careless driving, whatever. 12 over on a two-lane road. I mean, granted, okay, so you were doing, let's see, math. 63? No, that's not math. <laughs> uh, 57. There you go. 57, 63, what the fuck? You were doing 57 and a 45. That's why you, I mean, that's, that's why you were a cop and not a math teacher. Uh, uh, there's a calculator on my phone. <laughs> uh, but so right there, okay, I mean, I guess when you say it out loud, you're going a little fast. But I, I guess I will say 12 over, nobody's out. It's like in the morning and it's not a you know busy the, highway. The or biggest anything. risk that I ran at the time, and this is my excuse a poor one at that but the biggest risk that i run is hitting like a deer or a turkey 
yeah that's a thing I, yeah and, and there there is why i i travel that road a lot regardless at that point dude like i, I i've been driving roads like that my entire life and it's just one of those things where you just get so comfortable and i guess like you said complacency could settle in and, and at a certain point when you're complacent that's when shit goes south but oh no that's not even where i was going with that i, I oh, guess my well, bigger point in all of this is yes i believe in traffic enforcement however my my humble opinion though is you know if you're stopping cars just to like knock out numbers then you're missing the bigger picture Every time you stop a car is an opportunity to find dope, guns, whatever. And that's that's what I would That's what, like, and I'm not saying that's the only reason you should stop cars, but, like, if you're going to stop cars, open your eyes a little bit is all I'm saying. And and be looking into the bigger picture of shit. And, you know, don't victimize people like you're good people for speeding a little bit. Now, look, I mean, I, I took into account, okay, this dude, you know, if somebody's suspended, they're getting a fucking ticket. Like, yeah, you're getting yeah. a ticket. Um, you don't have insurance, you're gonna get a ticket. Shit like that. Like, I had my little rules, and right. I, you can look at, you know, I don't know how it is state to state, but you know, driving history is something accessible, and, that and that's would help what I'm make saying. a determination so, too. And that's that's where, where I get fired up. The only thing that I'm mad about is I know as soon as he cleared me, because of I know the system that they use. My driving record is one of the pages you skip through to see if I have any warrants or not, right? Yeah. And if you literally have no history, there's nothing there. But if you have had tickets in this county and that county and then, well, you know, whatever, it shows up. But for me, that was my first ticket in my entire life. And I was like, you motherfucker, I know you were looking at that. And I know you didn't see anything in there. See, I, I like, think you broke this guy my must have, record. <laughs> this guy must have aspirations to be a trooper. No, but seriously, I mean, you know, you run the risk, you're speeding. You know, I did prove a point that, you know, traffic deaths are almost double homicides. So, yeah, you know, it, it, just as, as, I, t- as I digress ask- here, I got bit and you know what? I got bit and it sucks. I paid him their money. I lost a point and I've moved on with my life. I haven't. I'm upset for you. No, but like when you say 57 and a 45, it does sound a lot worse. But anyway, all right. So we've totally gone way off topic from what we were going to talk about. So I'm going to focus wheel it in a little bit here. Speaking of going off topic, this is off topic too, but I think you'll enjoy it. And I was talking to one of my buddies who, you know, that listens to the podcast. And I was like, and he's catching up and he's like, I was like, Hey man, like, and I know he would tell me the truth about things. And I'm like, hey, man, what do you think? Like, how's it going? He's like, you know, I really like it. It's really good. But you can kind of tell by the end of the podcast on a lot of them where you are hammered and you just start saying stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, what are you saying? And why are you saying this? I think it's cheeky and fun. It is. It's not cruel shenanigans or evil shenanigans. It's fun shenanigans. OK, back on topic. We can do this. So you left. And we yeah. kind of we hit kind of the cliff notes, the Reader's Digest version, why you left. If you don't mind, do you want to go into detail a little bit more about, you know, some of your decision making and reasons you left? Yeah, absolutely. I got to go through and like many of you other guys and gals listening to this, I got to experience the the summer of riots. And um, 
all the change that it brought to all of us as a profession. The, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but the riots were, they were absolutely some of the craziest, like, fun calls, if you want to call it a call or an event. I learned so much and saw so much during all that. It, I think it made me better, to be honest. Like, I learned, I saw what people were doing. I saw what, you know, like, you had your, like, Antifa groups, and you had your just regular citizens, and then you had, you know, other group. You know what I'm talking about. You know, you got your your left, right, middle type yeah. of group. Anyway, it was a good experience, you know, like, learned a lot, experienced a lot, and um, it was one of those things, it's kind of like a, like a resume builder, that's saying it very poorly, but it's an experience that you need as a cop. Well, anyway, I, think, I mean, you grow through experience. I think you grow through experience. You have to, you have to be uh, exposed to everything to understand it. And, to, and it's not you know, shit that you can learn in a classroom. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. As the summer riots or spring riots, whatever you want to call them. The summer of love. Summer of love. Yeah. As it settled down and, and things kind of returned back to a status quo in the city and all the changes slowly started trickling down you know like i'm talking coming all the way up from from the top you know above police administration i'm talking like uh city officials and everything um really starting to kind of put put pressure on us and that pressure often resulted in letting letting criminals go letting the bad guy go and that that bothered me deeply like i i was so upset by it and then watching in addition to that all the different media outlets and everything lift up these criminals and um any cop knows that that's not the truth not always at least you know like the things that we see and the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis need to be handled in a certain way would you agree with me on that yeah, absolutely. Okay. People, so when they when they took yeah, away our ability and they to to handle things the way that they needed to be handled, and they started just letting people walk on shit, I could not do it. I couldn't do it, and um, that bothered me. And to to watch city officials and to watch the administration stand behind that that was it it just it demoralized me and i was just over it man and here's here's the the truth and this is going to sound cringe i was never a cop for the money i was never a cop because it paid well i was a cop because i i loved as these things started changing it it took that love away for me you know because then i was like in that mode of like constantly watching my back and like i was so hyper aware of like not fucking up that I was actually starting to cause a dangerous situation to the guys around me. I have two points to add on to that. And obviously I can speak to exactly where you're at because we worked at the same godforsaken place. I came to the conclusion and I brought it up many times. I mean, it fell on deaf ears, but basically the status quo was if they're going to fight or if they're going to resist, let them go. Or shit. That's it. That was the fucking status quo. Let them go. Now, I think 
to be completely honest, I think as time worn on and after some bad publicity, they started being a little more hands-on with shit. But that was a thing is just let them go. We'll get them later. And that is the most flawed fucking logic I've ever heard. Point A. So the only people that we're going to deal with are compliant people. That's fucking ridiculous. Hey, you're being compliant. You're going to jail. Right? Right. Which I, I understand there's lots of nuances to that, but just that's a very broad statement to make, but you know what I'm saying? The other part of that is that's not why we're here. We're here to make our community safe. And when we let these fucking shit bags go and they commit other crimes, we're not doing our job. And that's no. that. I mean, and that's the thing with this, all the bail reform stuff that people don't understand. I get why bail is in place is to secure that you're going to be in court. Guess what? All these fuckers have FTAs up the fucking ass. They've already proven they're not going to be in court and they've proven they are dangerous to society. Yep. And it's that same type of fucking logic in the, um, what's the, the saying the, the hens come back to roost or the crows been, the chickens are coming home to roost Bobby Boucher. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Bobby Boucher. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. But anyway, it does suck. I hate drinking water. <laughs> it's just that whole, and now people are starting to kind of see that shit. And now you're starting to, you know, trickle down where like places, Seattle's going to hire more cops, even though they just fucking let go of a bunch of perfectly good ones. You know, cities are going to start enforcement. We cops could do that the whole goddamn time. Yep. I mean, and the problem is, is with all of this is that when all this shit happened, when all these changes were made, I am, per- and I've made this point before, I'm perfectly aware that we work for the people. I get that. Oh, totally yeah. get that. And, and honestly, we need to be open to hearing shit because we do work for the people. And that, but we it, need a seat at the fucking table. We never had a seat at the fucking table on any of this shit. Um, and if they did have a seat at the table, they just fucking bent over and took it. Instead so of, as, no, go ahead, buddy. I, I, I want to jump in on that point because you, you hit a nerve. Um, I went on, and, and we're talking about during that 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 change period where. Um, we were going out and responding to, you know, like property crimes. You're, you're going out and responding to, you know, maybe a muni DV or something like that. But it was disgusting to, to the victims to stand there in front of them and be like, there's nothing I can do. When I know, I know full damn good and well that there absolutely is. And that I could go out there and, and, and get that person. And you know what? If that person wanted to get Western, fucking yeehaw, let's go. I'm all about <laughs> it. All about it. But when they when they took that, they stripped us of that and wanted us being this kinder, gentler, you know. The, the truth is, is that's not how the fucking world works, dude. And as soon as people start to open their eyes and 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 realize that, maybe, maybe things will swing back and the they will understand that you know what if you're if there is going to be a consequence for every action doesn't matter whether that action you know is is small or large but the police are going to respond accordingly and i would say 99.9% of the guys and gals that i worked with and you know this just as well always responded appropriately and of course let's go with 99.8% at our okay yeah we'll go with the a little lower but Everybody, there was only a few guys I didn't trust. And I, you know, I 
we would always tend to stay away from them or, or not, not to have our name attached to them. But like everybody I worked with was solid, man. Like I, I didn't really have any complaints with anybody, but when it was time to, when the gloves needed to come off or, or go on rather in, in a police officer's case, we go on and we handle our shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, hey, when I, you were I, in the Academy, did they give you on combat to read? I don't think so. That doesn't okay. sound familiar. All right, never mind then. That negated a point. Um, do you know who Rex Grossman is? Oh wait, that's yes. a quarterback. Or does that guy have the same name? No, it's something else. Are... Lieutenant something Grossman. Dan Grossman. Gross. It's he's a lieutenant. Wasn't he a lieutenant colonel? Dan Grossman. Yes, there. Dave. Dave Grossman. Sally. Sammy, yeah, 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 yeah. Samsonite. Um, <laughs> check on the briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, sorry about that, Rex Grossman, a former Chicago Bears quarterback. But Dave Grossman, all right, he has a book on combat, has a bunch of other stuff, and it talks about, like, the sheepdog and all that stuff. Yeah. Great book. We were taught a certain way how to fucking do things. Yes. And when the cop, we did what we were taught how to do and trained how to do, and then suddenly there was basically, it's like a car accident where you hit a, a, you know, you hit a wall. The momentum completely stops, right? And so you go fucking, you get ejected. Yep. That's what happened is, you know, we were taught and we kind of went along and did the way we were taught how to do. And then it just changed on one day. You can't expect that. And part of that, look, are there lessons to be learned? Fuck yeah. Like I don't, I'm of the opinion and I don't want to get too much into BJJ, but like people make all of these things like a singular thing. Like, Oh, Rex Grossman says that Rex, fuck, I'm going to, sorry. Dave Grossman says this, we got to do everything this way. I learned this in BJJ. I have to do everything this way. And cops, we have to be well-rounded. I think that was a failure of the past is departments didn't produce well-rounded cops. And some of that is the onus is on the cops because you can't, you can't teach somebody all of this, but does this make sense? What I'm saying though? Yeah, no. I I think some of the failures that we we've dealt with is, and we gave officers one tool instead of, every tool and every idea so like you know when your department is a bunch of warriors going to a call uh and i I read an article it was a police one article which usually it's it's dog shit but this one was good where the guy was like hold on we did this warrior thing why don't we do the jedi thing where we can be warriors when we need to but generally we're peacekeepers a little more well-rounded approach and i'm i know i'm kind of going crazy into left field here but I just think that's things that, you know, if I get back into law enforcement, that's something I'm going to think about. Like I, you know, you know me, I don't think I was ever heavy handed. And I think I was pretty, not, not even one time when I was with you, man, I'm, that's, I'm not trying to, to kiss your ass, but I, I don't think I ever, I think I, you were with me uh, in our entire time. There may be one use of force, maybe yeah. one. Well, and, you know, being a, doing a use of force isn't necessarily heavy handed, right? No, but no. I, I guess the point I'm making is that, you know, especially now that I've had this time off to like in on the outside of things to really look inward and then look outward. Like, I know how I would do things something different to make me even better than I was. And I think, yeah. you know, if you're on the job or you're thinking about getting on the job is just don't get sucked into like one way of doing things. No, absolutely not. You've got to, like you said, it's not all binary. You know, it's not all 
Did you just say my Anyway. Do you like that video I, I sent you, by the way? <laughs> yes, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was, wait, are we talking about the Santa Claus one? Yeah. Yeah, that was gross. That was really, <laughs> you that had was to see gross. it because I had to see it. Somebody else sent it to me. <laughs> I was actually, I was sitting in the parking lot and I looked at that and I just went, ew, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> but uh, anyway, bringing my point back, you know, there it's it's all about, developing a style and being able to kind of be a like a chameleon in a way not a chameleon's not a good a, a good example but you know like what a great a, example adapting to the situation you a know? karma like, you have, chameleon a what a karma chameleon well there you go karma karma all right anyway sorry anyway i'm ruining everything i apologize i uh i saw a lot of guys uh who are really really good at being able to adapt and you know change their styles up and i saw a lot of guys who couldn't and i saw a lot of guys who had the same robotic uh response to things and more often than not those dudes are the heavy-handed ones yep i don't know if you yeah well and and i'm a i'm a believer in the theory of ask tell make Oh, yeah, 100%, dude. Which is clearly now is ask, 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 tell. Run away. Yeah, run away. Um, But with that said, ask, tell, make, you kind of have to play that, right? Like sometimes it's fucking make because it's life or death. Or sometimes it's like, you know what? I can talk this dude down. You know, got to be able to read it in the moment, man. Yeah. Got to be able to read it in the moment. You're not going to be able to read it perfectly every time. And I got some advice and I don't know if it was in the academy or in training, but it's like, Hey, do things the exact same way, the same way every single time. And it made a whole lot of sense to me at first. Cause their point was like liability wise. Like if you do everything the same way, every single time, then you're never going to be liable. But then if you think about it, hold on a second, I can do everything the same every single time, but I'm interacting with a human being with different thoughts and different emotions. And the, the situation is going to be different every single time. Why am I not adapting to that particular situation? Let me, let me ask you a question. Kind of uh, shifting gears just a little bit. Uh, I'm curious because we, who who runs the podcast? I do motherfucker. All right, go ahead. Uh, Qualified immunity being stripped away from a lot of cops. That that's something you and I have never really talked about. And I feel very strongly about that. So uh, it, my, Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. Oh, I was going to say that, that I was absolutely disgusted when qualified immunity was, uh, was removed. So now here, here, hear me out with the qualified immunity in Colorado. I'm listening. I'm listening. They took it away and then they gave it right back. Like a paragraph later, they just yeah. didn't call it qualified immunity. So basically it was gaslighting their followers were like, we took away qualified immunity. And then you read further down there. It's like, well, as long as the cop was acting within, you know, scope of his job and blah, 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 he can't be liable. Reasonable and appropriate. Yes. It's right back in there. It's just called something yeah. different. Now these national calls to strip qualified immunity. Yeah. It comes from people that don't understand what it is. They're like, no, well, cops can't be charged because there's qualified immunity. Cops are charged all the motherfucking time. Yep. And they have quote unquote qualified immunity. It's a lack of understanding about what qualified immunity 
actually is. And it's essentially, in layman's terms, reasonable and appropriate and within like within the scope of the law, right? Or the and I know there's more terminology. You know what? Let's fucking read it so we have it verbatim so everybody knows what we're talking about. Although I don't think we're arguing with anybody on the podcast. I think people that listen to it are pretty are, are agreeing. Yeah. But I think in, a, in, a, in my very elementary concept of it, I, I was never worried about it for myself per se, because I was, and I had an understanding in a very solid grasp of constitutional law and knowing what was appropriate and what was not appropriate, but yeah, it's more of like somebody who you don't trust rolling through and doing something that you know you're not maybe particularly paying attention to because scenes are very dynamic and everything's always changing and you might not be watching and observing everything they're doing and they go through you know do something stupid and then next thing you know they're all a failure to report you know i guess maybe not that kind of leans more towards use of force but i think that they could try and wiggle it into that and be like well you know he he was violating their constitutional rights by searching that car and you didn't do anything about it like Motherfucker, I've I've got so much other shit to worry about on this scene than what my partner's doing. Like, yeah, let's be real here. So, and and here's the the language is that it's basically qualified immunity protects a government official from lawsuits alleging that the official violated, and that's the thing from lawsuits. Yep, lawsuits. Hear it again. It's from lawsuits uh, alleging that the officer that the official violated the plaintiff's rights, only allowing suits where officials violated a clearly established statutory or constitutional right, Mm. which most of your constitutional rights are very clearly established through the constitution and through, you know, all these different cases. I'm sure there's something out there that's not, but for the most part it is. And then it goes on when determining whether or not the right was clearly established courts consider whether a hypothetical reasonable official would have known that the defendant's conduct violated the plaintiff's rights reasonable and appropriate favorite words yeah it's look i hate when cops go out and do dumb shit fucking things because what does it do it puts as unfair as it is as it is i'm a kind of a big believer in perception as reality and when you put on a uniform and i say this as a guy that's out right so you might think i have no right to say this but i'm gonna fucking say it anyway you put on a uniform, you put on that badge, you put on your fucking eight-point hat like you should. <laughs> you <laughs> represent not only your name, you represent your city, you represent yep. your police department, you represent every fucking cop in the country. Absolutely. It might not be fair, but it's true. Act accordingly. I yep. feel like we uh, we started out like real low with some dumb shit calling cops cucks for giving you a ticket, but I feel like we're on to something here. Oh, dude, you know, I'm so deep right now. I don't even think I can see you. What? <laughs> what? what? So, I guess we'll switch gears a little bit here yeah. if I answer your question. You did. You're welcome. Let, okay, so now that you're out, and this is, this is something I wanted to kind of talk about because I, I feel like I'm a really bad example of getting out because I have, like, realistically nothing to fall back on. I have this poorly made, which I think is a great thing, but I'm also not an idiot, you know, uh, and it's a lot of work and 
Yeah. I, I hope we're going to keep going with this, but I'm not like ignorant too. I was lucky I had this. And if I didn't have this, I'd, I don't know what I would be doing. It, it probably would have changed things a little bit, but yeah. this isn't about me. This is about you. But I just want to make the point. If you're thinking about getting out and obviously everybody's situation is different, have something to fall back on. So if you're like a, a police explorer listening to this podcast, which you fucking shouldn't be because I'm a terrible example. But if you are, if you're going to go to college, don't get a fucking criminal justice degree. Yeah, no, that's horrible. Don't do it. Completely fucking useless. Yes. Go get a degree in something else you like, because guess what? Maybe you don't get hired as cop. Business management, anything in business. Maybe you get <laughs> hurt. Yeah. And maybe then what do you something do? happens? Maybe you maybe you do it and you're like, and we we've got had guys talk on the podcast, like, hey man, this guy was great in FTO. And he's like, I didn't like it. I don't remember who we were talking about, uh, who I was talking with, one of my guests, but he's like, Yeah, this guy in FTO was a great fucking cop. Decided, you know what? I don't like this and did something else. You yeah. might do it and decide, you know what, this isn't for me. So that that's my kind of words of advice, but let's talk about you. So, yeah, I give you. Can't go into too much little, detail about what you did, but let's talk about like. So you kind of had this thing before, and then you were able to fall back into it, right? Yeah. So I uh, I can talk about it in some detail. So prior to becoming a police officer, I I did eight years in the military, and uh, that was reserve time. Um, was no active duty stud, so oh well whatever but because of the training that i received during my reserve time i was able to thankfully uh find a way into working a pretty kick-ass job on a dod contract um i worked for lockheed martin for about six years before becoming a police officer and during that that time with uh working with lockheed martin i picked up a lot um vocational stuff and uh let me express to the listeners here that i am no heavily educated engineer or anything like that um i have about 60 credit hours of community college i can attest that he's a (laughs) dumbass nick jr is a dumbass in an undeclared subject but I was able to figure figure out that I, I enjoyed spinning a wrench and I uh, I liked working on the equipment that they they had me working on. So anyway, uh, I worked with Lockheed for a while and I kind of began climbing the ladder with them, if you will. I started out kind of just doing um, general maintenance stuff, operations, working on lower level equipment, you know. Um, and I'm still making it sound a lot cooler than it is. I started working on like computer room air conditioning and like big air handlers and shit for like, you know, commercial buildings and stuff. So as my time with them went on, I started picking up the controls aspect, like building automation stuff, meaning I was sitting behind a computer that was uh, controlling the logic for those pieces of equipment. And as I got better at that, that was about the time I decided, oh, you know what? I think I'm ready to become a cop. And I I took a lot of, I didn't want to become a cop right at 21 because I knew that I wasn't mature enough. I was still out, you know, going to bars and trying to, trying to get on, you know, as many chicks as possible at the time. And 
I just I wasn't in a, your a wife's not place. gonna listen to this right uh, she does she already knows the story <laughs> <laughs> I'd hope so your but, wife's uh, a lovely yeah. lady by the way tell her <laughs> hi I will um so I spent I spent a lot of time with Lockheed just because I didn't feel like I was ready to become a cop and it was always in the back of my mind like all right yeah am I still interested yes is it still something that I'd want to do yes am I mature enough probably not and then finally the time came and I'm like you know what fuck it let's do this thing let's go I'm ready if not now when let's fucking go so I did it and I got in and um like I said did patrol did special assignment stuff just for a short time and as that everything started kind of falling apart I uh I gave my old boss a call and it's just like a real random call one day I was like hey man um you're still out at the site. I'm not allowed to say where I work, but I was like, you still there? And he was like, yeah, man. And I was like, you got any positions open? And he's like, for you, I do. So I went and I had beers with him and sat down and kind of explained the situation to him. And he, he brought me back on board. And from there, uh, it's kind of history. It's been about a year now and I'm, I'm just back out supporting stuff at, at, uh, how do I say it without sounding like a complete idiot? Um, You've already done that to yourself, sir. The military. I, I support the stuff the military does. Anyway, um, I'll tell you this. And to the listeners, this is a, if you're a cop now thinking about getting out or if, you know, you're a police explorer, whatever. I understand completely now in, in a way kind of a fucked up way i understand dv victims and why they go back to their abusive partner oh because i was gonna hit this (laughs) too dude (laughs) i think about the job non-stop man like every day i it feels like i'm saying something that you know like god damn i miss the road like i miss the dysfunction i miss i miss the camaraderie of you know, the 7-Eleven parking lot, late night conversations, we're all outside our cars bullshitting and then hearing a tone and jumping in the car and fucking speeding off to go handle whatever it is. I miss that. Um, I genuinely miss that. But what I what I don't miss is all the uh, extra bullshit it comes with. Right now I have a, she's a little older than one and a half. I have a little girl at home and I got a wife and I'm home on the weekends and I'm making good money and my life's normal. And I guess in a way the normal kind of feels fucked up, but I'm happy. The wife's happy. And I've definitely gotten into some new hobbies that I'm pretty passionate about and life's good. Like I'm not, I'm not complaining by any means, but if you're thinking about getting out and you do have something to fall back on, that's going to pay well, I recommend doing it, but you got to understand that there's a lot of emotion that comes with it. And there's like, it's a little bit of a heartbreak. I'm not going to lie. I would say as long as you can emotionally handle it. And here's the truth, dude. Like I actually got really close to going back. Like I started kind of sending out some emails and some feelers. And then um, I, by coincidence or by miracle or whatever, my contracting officer was like, Hey bro, we want to pay you more money. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so I stayed and I'm making, I'm making uh, a little bit more money, but it came in a weird time. 
I don't know. Coincidence, miracle, I don't know. That's for you to determine. But I've ha- I've had thoughts of going back because I miss it. But then I turn on the news every other day and I see some fucking goofy shit going on. And I see how bad you guys are out there getting your asses handed to you. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I'm like, is this worth it to go back? That's the truth, man. Un- unfiltered, 100%. Well, I have a couple, I have like four or five things and we'll see if I remember all of them before we get the first thing I wanted to talk about is the DV thing and fuck man. And and maybe it's doing this too is, you know, even though I've left, I I do police. I hate saying my content because I think when you say content, I'm a content creator. That sounds like the fucking douchiest shit I've ever heard in my life. I hate it. All I do is police shit. Right. I make police memes. I do a police podcast. I have a fucking patch wall with all these fucking beautiful patches behind me. By the way, DM me if you want to send me one. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, fuck, do I miss it, man? And I think, you know, a couple months ago, if you would ask me, I said, done, 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 done. Never going back. Now I kind of consider myself between jobs. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say, I, I think I've actually come with a solution. Well, and I don't want to give too many details away, but I, I think I've kind of found a solution that's going to allow me to keep doing this and, you know, do some police stuff and it's going to be good, but we'll see how that works out. It's a work in progress, but I miss it. Like that whole, like it's a calling thing. It absolutely is. And once it gets in there, it's hard for, it's hard to go away. And I, over the years, I've talked to a lot of people on the page and, you know, I've talked to a lot of guys. They're like, yep, I got out and it's the best fucking thing that ever happened. I don't think about it at all. I'm not that guy. And that could be I'm not that guy either. I say that that, you know, my circumstance is different because I, I do a lot of cop stuff. But fuck, man, like I just it, it, here's what's weird is I think about driving through my beat. Like I'll be laying awake at night and I'll be like thinking about places I would be or places I would go. And it's like, for me, it's a bad breakup. And I know, I know leaving where I left, where you left, had to be done. No matter what I did with my life, that had to be done. That place is fucked. I, I couldn't go back to work at a place like that, especially my belief on policing. So I'm, I'm glad I left. Like, I have no regrets for leaving that place. But it's hard being out because I put so much into it and I have so much passion for it. Yeah. And like you're saying, dude, like I just think about it all the fucking time. And it is interesting because, and we'll get to it in a little bit here. I had some people write in and usually when I do these like questions on Instagram, it's like a one line thing. And I ask people like 21 questions. So there's a little more to it, but a lot of the people on here are like, nope, totally fine. I'm so glad I did it. No second thoughts, uh, no regrets. The only thing for me that I hold on to tight and that I truly believe and, and that I'm okay with, I'm at peace with, is as police officers, we always we always say family first, right? And um, some Unless guys... Unless you do BJJ, then it's BJJ, <laughs> then family. Exactly. But here's the thing, is like, I'm the type of dude, and, and you've known me long enough, like, if I say it, I mean it. If, if I'm going to, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like, I, I don't back out of shit. I don't backpedal. Before I made my decision, I conferred with some, some pretty 
important people in my life, you know, like my, my, my grandpa and my dad and um, even some, some supervisors that uh, still are employed with our department. I really looked up to them. They, they were amazing supervisors. I had some conversations with them and I had to have that heart to heart, like, and explain my situation and, and tell them, you know, like I got this newborn baby girl and I got, uh, I've been married for almost 10 years. And like, I love my marriage. I love my daughter. I love the life that I'm stepping into. And I just, I'm, I'm battling that decision. You know, like I'm battling whether or not stepping away from this is, is going to be good. It, it, it's just, the truth is, and like I, I said before, earlier in the podcast, it was none of this was about money. It, it never was. I was always fine with money. It was about whether or not I could emotionally step away from something that I fucking loved. I loved being a cop. Like I, I still, I still have that love. And that's where that dysfunctional, like you mentioned, a breakup kind of rolls into it. And like, fuck, did I make the right decision? But I know on behalf of my little girl and my my wife and and, and their emotional health and everything, they're they're doing. Real, well, my daughter's one and a half; she doesn't know the fucking difference. But my wife, I, I've noticed a complete change. You know, and um, she knows that I'm not going out and fucking fighting and getting shot at and doing all the other shit that you know we have to deal with so she's happy you know that that makes me happy and that that kind of reinforces that family first rule now a lot of other cops listening to this will, will probably disagree with me and be like nah man you know what like this is this is a lifestyle like becoming a cop is a lifestyle and you either choose it or you fucking don't and kind of finding that 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 in between of I think the lack of balance I think the lack not to cut you off but I think the lack of balance with everything has killed the job and it's that same thing there like this all or nothing shit like you can fucking love the job but at the end of the day your fucking family needs to be more important I put my family before before the job and that's a, that's my personal decision and that I'm not advocating for anybody else to do that and be like, oh, you're a fucking asshole because you choose a job over your family. I understand that. I, dude, I grew up in generations of cops who have been through some shit. Like my, my grandfather, man, like he was in like four or five officer involved shootings and like that, you know, talking the 60s and 70s, like this shit was rough, dude. Like there's no fucking body armor back then. And people still wanted them dead just as they just as much as they do now. But he loved it. He was passionate about it. It was his life. And when I actually I came to him and I told him, you know, I had to have that serious conversation with him. Like, I'm thinking about stepping away. Initially, he was like, that's the worst fucking decision. I, I think you're making a horrible you're making a mistake. You're you're absolutely making a mistake. And then initially, even my dad was was against it. And I, it, it wasn't a, a knee jerk reaction or anything. I took a lot of time to make this decision. And um, I kept trying to explain to him, like, listen, man, like things are changing. He's like, no, 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 no. They'll, they'll, they'll swing back. They'll swing back. And I'm like, I don't think they're swinging back. Not fully at least. And I'm like, that's, that's not the 
that's not the kind of cop that I want to be. Like, I don't want to fucking let criminals walk away. I don't want to let DV suspects walk away. I don't want to let, like... Were you still there when my DV thing happened? I was. I okay. know exactly what one you're talking about, too. So, and I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, and if, if, if I have, I apologize, but the uh, Reader's Digest version is I covered a boot on a DV, and there were good charges, and... Dude runs. It's a DV. Colorado is shall make an arrest with undue delay. Mandatory. Mandatory arrest on a DV. Good DV. I, you know, so dude runs and, you know, I ain't no fast guy. I was going to catch that dude. Like I had no doubt that I was going to catch that dude. He's like crying and screaming. Like we're going to catch this dude. Not a big deal. Uh, I had a sergeant and I had a, another officer, a senior officer behind me saying, stop chasing him. Stop chasing him. We'll get him later. And I made the decision to stop because I was like, well, I'm chasing this guy and my cover's not fucking following me. Like I'm kind of on my own. Exactly. And, and the other thing too, is you start chasing a dude and your partners are telling you to stop. And then you get into like a shooting or something. You're fucking you're toast, fucked. right? You're done. Even it right or wrong. Like you're toast. And I was right. Like I'll stand by that all day long. I was right about that. And I lost my shit. And that was one of the things that broke the camel's back. I lost my shit. I fucking lost my shit in briefing. And that's not something I did. And then I brought it up. I came in the next day in our morning briefing and I read the fucking new laws and I read the state mm -hmm. statute and I was right. And no one, everybody in that room kind of cowered. They're like, well, you know, we got to do things differently. And that was like one of those things where I'm like, this is incredible. The law, the the law, law is the fucking law. SB 217 doesn't say you can't arrest people. And that's how that's how the department treated it. And I couldn't do that. Like ethically, I could not fucking do that anymore. And that was kind of the beginning of the end, I think, for me. 100 percent agree. It's funny that that the truth is, is that I was never. I was never scared of getting into shit. I was never scared to fight. I was never scared to get in pursuits. I was never scared to you know, pull my gun. I, none of that scared me. I always found a little bit of calm in it. You know, like I, I was confident, like I knew what I was doing was right. I knew that I was within my, my legal boundary to do what I was doing. And if I wasn't, I fucking stopped. But it was at the moment where they were like, letting like fucking people run from us. I'm like, nah, fuck this. This is, this is, I, I can't do this. I, I won't, I won't be a part of this. I won't be, I can't. I heard stories a call where a guy was described as a stabbing suspect dudes saw the guy and were like, Nope, it's not even worth it. I had an almost identical thing happen to me. So I truth is I left my special assignment and I went back to patrol because I, I had enough in me to enough respect for, for the guys on my team because they, they, they called me out and they're like, we had kind of had to come to Jesus as a team. And they were like, yo, man, you're doing some squirrely shit. Like you're, you're not being yourself. Like the fuck is going on with you? Like you're, you're putting us in fucking jeopardy. Like what's going on in your fucking head. And we kind of had a screaming match, if you will, for about an hour. And I finally just came to the realization on my drive home. I'm like, 
you know what, dude, like I have enough respect for these dudes that I'm not going to put them into a dangerous position just because of my feeling. Well, they may not be feeling like that and they still, they still feel protected. I, and, and none of them really, none of them got in trouble. None of them were bad cops. They were all fucking fantastic dudes, but I, I did not feel protected. So, and, and I was making decisions that they wouldn't make. And I decided in, in the moment, I'm like, you know what, you guys are fucking right. And I owe it to you not to put you guys into an unsafe spot. So I, I actually resigned from the unit and I, I told the supervisor, I was like, I want to go back to patrol. And he put me on patrol for one day, dude, one fucking day. And like my first call, uh, one of, it was a very senior cop, a very senior cop. We were going on a felony menacing with a knife. And uh, he was like, I showed up as his cover. And he was like, oh, yeah, dude's already fucking gone. I watched him walk southbound out of the area. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, let's go get him. He's like, no, nah, it ain't worth it. He's like, I ain't losing my fucking career over it. I'm not shooting this motherfucker. And I'm like, dude, I'm, that's it. The line has been drawn in the sand. I'm fucking done. And that was the moment I decided. Dude, I think that. I referenced your call. I didn't know you were on it. <laughs> yeah. But I guess was, it was menacing, not a stabbing. But you know how the stories go at the department. Knife, dude. It was a menacing with a knife my first day back to regular patrol. And I was like, fuck it. I'm done. Like, if this is how we're doing things, I'm I'm not about it. Because, like, I was ready to go and and handle that however it needed to be handled whatever the outcome was that was that dude just fucking threatened someone with a knife like i'm gonna fucking go get him and this very senior cop was like no we're not doing that i'm like well i'm not going fucking alone so i guess we're just gonna let this piece of shit walk and that bothered me pretty bad but that uh that was the defining moment for me see and that's it's one of those things where i had a call speaking of you know doing things differently i had a call of a dude with a gun and I, I want to get into all the details of the call, but basically we handled it. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't handle it the way I thought it needed to be handled, but I did it in a way where I'm like, well, I think I'm not violating the new laws. I think I'm not violating policy and everything. It turned out okay. And they said, Hey, you know, we, you know, you, you probably should have done this and this and this, and you should have, you know, taken it a little harder on this guy. Cause you know, he had a, had a gun. And I said, yeah, you were right. You were absolutely right. But you guys have been telling me for months, to be gentler and kinder with people and to not to use force. So I was trying my damnedest not to, well, you really needed to. And then I told him, okay, well, you know, this is what I would have done. He's like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been, I wouldn't have been okay with that. Why are we having a conversation then? Yeah. A nobody. And, and, and this is flawed logic. I'll admit it, but call got handled, man. I got a gun off the street. Dude went to jail. No one got hurt. I used enough force where no one got hurt. And I got called for it. But then when I said, okay, well, this is what I should have done. They're like, well, that, that would have been a little too much. What do you want? And that that's the impossible position cops are put into is you're put into this. And this isn't everywhere, but like some of these ridiculous places, if you use force, every bit of it is under the fucking microscope. Look, you have tunnel vision. You're in a fight. You're doing all this shit. And then you have some guy sitting in a chair a week later playing, you know, with the curls on his mustache with a fucking pipe and a monocle going over it. Like, it doesn't, this is the real world. And that's where I think police departments have failed citizens and cops is use of force is fucking ugly. Yep. It's going to be ugly. You're literally fighting with someone. It, that's, that, can, I, yeah. can I add to your point? 
Yeah, I'll go ahead, it, buddy. I'll, I'll make it quick. So to a lot of people and, and to administration and, and your brass, this is unrealistic. And I know that it's never going to be practiced, but I believe it should be, is that anytime you roll out like some kind of uh, change to a policy or directive that is like a big change, like what we went through as an administration from the very top, if you're going to roll that out, you need to be out on the street to practice it. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're talking about like bringing chiefs out and bringing commanders out and shit to do like a couple weeks of patrol. And to really, really see how their policy is working. Like, if you're going to preach it, fucking practice it. Absolutely. You know I mean? Oh, yeah, and 100%, I, dude. A lot of these fucking people are way out of touch with how things actually are on patrol. Like, being, being of, you know, a military background and, and being, you know, law enforcement, I know that once you've achieved that status as a commander, as, you know, an administrative role, you, you no longer are in a patrol function, but you always need to remain as a cop in a patrol mindset. And I feel like a lot of these police administrations, you know, due to their positions have lost the patrol mindset. I think patrol is a perishable skill. And, and once you lose it, and you're starting to roll this other crazy wild shit out. You need to go out and fucking practice it for yourself and, and be around low. I don't want to say low level, but street level officers who have to do this shit day in and day out. There's this expectation that we change the way we do things. And, and I said way earlier before anybody loses their shit. Like, yes, we answer to the people. I get it. But there's this expectation how we do things. We need to change the way we do things. Okay, fine. I'm open to it. And, and I'm, I think we should be able to adapt to each situation. But you know what? <laughs> this is going to sound shitty, but like, let's be real here. People have gotten worse. Our society has gotten worse. And so people are being shittier than they've ever been before. And you can't, like, sprinkle fairy dust on somebody to make them react the way you want to. Sometimes it works, man. Sometimes talking to people, and, and I, I, but I prided myself on being reasonable with people and not getting into fights. Because if you get into the job looking to get into fights, you're the problem. Yep. You got to be ready to go. But if you're looking for it, you're a problem. <laughs> I agree. And I won't back down from that. The problem is, is admin doesn't understand. Like, there's a time and place where... We've done everything we can do. It's time to go. And sometimes that's very quickly into a call because, you know, they say, we, we want you to make it home safe. I don't believe that. I think a lot of these fucking coward police chiefs would much rather go to a cop funeral than have to speak after, uh, you know, an OIS where somebody gets killed other than a cop. Because that's easy. Going to a cop's funeral, and this sounds cold and callous, but to them, some of these people... That's easy. They can go and give a speech like they knew who you were and your fucking number to them. They don't fucking know who you were. And then, you know, if we shoot some shit bag, for, what are they going to do? Apologize to the family. No, the family should be apologizing to the fucking universe that they had a shit bag kid. 
I'm getting a little heated here, aren't I? I feel you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's getting it's getting heavy, but it's it's I get on board with it, dude. Like I, uh, it's one of the things that that makes me so angry. And let's let's look at um some of the some of the recent news uh, nationwide. We'll, we'll talk about school shootings jumping up, and we'll talk about like uh, even just nationwide homicides man like they're through the fucking roof like look at some of the the northwest states let's let's look at our state let's look at you know the southern uh, fucking every everywhere's blown up dude and like you said people are just treating everybody like shit but i think in a very i'm gonna i'm gonna touch a nerve on this one with some people but it's fucking teenagers bro it's these unparented ass little fucking gangsters running around at 15 16 17 but they're just 18. kids bro they're just they're kids. running around fucking killing each other and cranking off rounds and doing all kinds of crazy shit and it's like the guns are the problem I, i'm i'm getting off on a whole nother fucking tangent, so i'm just gonna slow myself down right now no i hear you dude and it's it's comical to me and look 90% of the shootings that I responded to in our agency were carried out by juveniles. Oh, a lot of them were. Yeah, or young guys. Young guys, 21 and below, um, out there, just they're the trigger pullers, man. I, of course, there was a couple of older guys, you know, out there shooting and killing each other. But I think at a staggering fucking rate, it was juveniles. And I, I think we could go off on a tangent about the bad parenting in our world and shit like that. But, and I think the next podcast I'm doing is the parenting show. I think so. Mm -hmm. So look forward to that. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just incredibly frustrating that look, I, I think, you know, and I make memes about it and I've talked about it on the podcast. Like we can do things better. Like no one's arguing that, but I think the problem with everything in this world is we go, there's no, like, there's no balance. There's no happy medium. We went from like, Okay. And I, and I don't believe what I'm about to say. Just hear me out though. You know, we went from heavy handed policing, which I don't think we were that heavy handed. Sure. Were there guys doing it? Yeah. And they're wrong. Yes. Fine. But okay. So heavy handed policing. And now all we went all the way to like, we're not policing. There's a balance. You can do both. Like, and look, people are going to get killed by the police. It's going to happen. It's that's always going to happen. There's always going to be criminals. And I think there's just like this loud group of people that are like, there's no reason for cops to kill. Like, you know, some guy cop could be getting rounds cranked off at him. And they're like, well, why didn't they, you know, snatch him up with a helicopter? Why didn't, you know, why didn't they call in the, you know, SEAL Team 6 to just, and you know, put him in with a, like a potato sack or something? I, I don't know. Like, that's yeah. not how this shit works. All this shit is dynamic. Like, I saw a post the other day where uh, who the fuck was the guy in Indianapolis? I can never remember his name um, that got killed after he popped rounds off at the cops after days before he was cranking rounds into the house. They post a video like he's a victim of a police shooting. You're ma it's a bad look. People are going to wise up to you guys are a bunch of shit bags. You can't defend that. Is it sad a young soul is dead? Yes, it absolutely is. As a fucking human being, yes that dude was going to kill that cop or kill somebody else. That's the mm -hmm. real fucking world. And you, you have to accept that. 
start raising better kids and stop blaming everybody else for your shitty fucking kids. Like the, the guy that ran over the bunch of people up in Wisconsin. Oh, you know, my kid wasn't taken care of by the system and they didn't do anything for him. You birthed the motherfucker. You know what I have to say about that? Fuck. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on, asshole. <laughs> the, the, your not kid's new. not the world's responsibility. <laughs> no, fuck no, man. Like, I get the whole village thing to an extent, but again, it's balance, right? Like, as a village, we have to be good people and set good examples and all that shit. Totally. Fine. Got it. Take care of our young. You can't release a fucking shit bag into the world and expect things are going to go good. And look, I don't know this lady from Adam, right? She could be a nice lady and her kid is just a shit bag. That happens too. Because there is evil in the world and people are influenced poorly and mental illness. and Which I agree. There is a fucking mental illness crisis in this fucking country. For sure. Totally agree. I can get down on that. But you can't blame everyone around you. Like, ultimately, even if the dude was crazy, he knew enough not to run over a bunch of fucking innocent people, a bunch of fucking old ladies and kids. It just, it just pisses me off. We're getting way off track. We got to bring it down. Reel it in. Reel, reel it, in. it in. Reel it in. Dude, this is not how I expected this to go. Like, I thought this was going to be like a fun, bubbly conversation. Uh, it's the core's light. It's made me angry. Yeah, I'm done with my beers and I'm on to my whiskey, so. Good. Yeah, I told my wife I wasn't going to drink whiskey, but now I'm drinking my unapologetic American whiskey made by Hideaway Distillery, which should pay me. And thank you by to the, do that. So, oh by God. the way, have you dove into the Spear and a Beer yet? I haven't. I have not yet. Because um, I remember you going through the pickle dick whiskey phase where you finally finished it off. I, I, I remember several podcasts listening how much you either loved it or hated it but it, i hated drinking. it it was last summer it, or last summer it was like summertime bro you're behind yeah but i i remember you drinking it in almost every episode should i drink a, it, i think i have pickles upstairs should i go get a pickle i don't know if i have like a normal beer though i think everything i have is like a specialty beer like i don't think i have like a the, like a beer beer no, no, like it, spear and a beer is like bush light, Coors light, any kind of those light beers. But you put the pickle in the beer, maybe if you're feeling a little wild, dump a little pickle juice in there. That's what I do. But uh, yeah, man, you drink the beer and then you eat the pickle, and it is absolutely fantastic. Should I do it right Hats now, live on the podcast? Fuck yeah. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. Well, I can edit this all out. Let me just go see if I have a normal beer. So I'm not going to pause this or anything. I can just edit out later. So stand All by. Right, I promised my wife I wasn't going to get out of control, but here we go. So let's go. The best I can do as far as beer goes, uh, and I tried this a while ago, is I have one more of my Iron Maiden Trooper beer. And that's okay. the normalest beer I've got. I have a bunch of eclectic beers for trying on the podcast. So 
Let's get a pickle. Do I do the pickle first and then pour the beer? No, beer first, pickle in last with a little bit of juice. Is it a light beer or dark beer? I don't remember. Let's see. By the way, I'm pouring it into my Pennsylvania versus Mims pint glass for sale. Ah, a little case law glass, huh? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I must be drunk. I just poured this all over my table. But it is a like a it's a lighter beer. All right. Fill the cup up, drop, drop a pickle in with just a little bit of pickle juice and enjoy. Okay. Midwest fuckers they really had that shit figured out, man. I love pickles. I know you love pickles. Hey can I drop two pickles in there? Yeah. I'm gonna put Do two as many as you want because pickle sounds good. All right, so hopefully Iron Maiden and the number of the beast runs to the hills and makes me a good drink here. Spear in a beer. And if my wife listens to this podcast down the road, I humbly apologize for tomorrow. I'm a bad influence. You are. Hey, dude, so let's – I don't want to completely change gears yet. So we were talking about, like, you were talking way earlier about going to the bars and, you know, trying to pick up chicks. Uh-huh. Does your old lady know your number? No. Actually – Would she be ashamed of it? No, actually. I'm a pretty stand-up dude. Okay, so can I – is it over or under 20? It's far under 20. <laughs> okay, then you're fine. You're fine. I'm fu- you know, I thought girl, you were some like Casanova here, man. No, hell no, bro. <laughs> I am uh, nothing special. Let's put it that way. I think you're something special. You're, you're too nice to me. I am. Dude, I had a lot of fun um, at that going away party. I think that was the last time at your, I was at your house our friends is that when the, is that when the guitar popped out dude i'm like the ultimate like if i'm drunk a guitar is coming out guy i apologize it's no okay. that might have been the first time that might have been the first time i got hammered at your house might have been both times if we're being honest it is probably both i just remember being like super drunk and singing troubadour by george Strait with a bunch of us and it uh it makes me happy inside thinking about that moment in time ah uh, that was a great day it was a good time. Okay, so how long do I need to let the uh, the pickle? Oh, you're fester? good. Okay, Just so I can start going. right now? Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know what I think about this. Just give it a minute. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, so why I give it a minute? Uh, we're going to give away a t-shirt, buddy. How do you think about that? Hell yeah, let's do it. All right. I really like this chick's name, but I'm not going to read it, so I don't give her out. Beautiful name. Beautiful name. Okay, anyway. I'm currently in the hiring process for a department myself, but I have to nominate my friend for some gear. I've known him since we were 12, and he's a loyal PMPM follower. He's been with our smallish hometown force for five or six years now, and he's been on just long enough to lose faith in humanity and start drinking Jameson. Yeah. Hashtag me too. Hashtag that'll happen. It's a mountain-sized person, 6'4 and like 260. That is not mountain-sized. He's a big fella. That's not a mountain. Big fella. <laughs> anyway, I guess I'm like talking shit. I'm, I don't want to fight him. I'm just saying he's not that big. Anyway, I guess uh, if we're telling stories, I should mention that uh, during a call at a bar, he had a male with a knife and he reached over, grabbed the guy's knife and bent it so he couldn't open it. And uh, it dude sounds like hand. a fucking mountain. Whatever. I'd take him. Uh, <laughs> anyway. They talked things out and came to an understanding, and then he bent the dude's knife back in shape and gave it back to him. 
So West Virginia tactical response. Anyway, I hope you pick him. He needs some swag so he can expose his rookies to PMPM during FTO. He's a good guy and works hard and is a present father to his daughter and a good friend. Okay, so I got to pick on this a little bit. A present father, that's it? Like he just gives presents? Damn. As long as they're... You're there. You're a great dad. I'm giving you shit here, um, girl with a pretty name. A present father doesn't sound good. It sounds like, well, he's there. He's cool. He's probably better dad than me. He's a kick-ass dad. He gets shit done. Kids are happy. There you go. Um, but it sounds like he's a, he's a pretty strong fella. He's okay. I don't think I could bend a knife unless it was like a butter knife. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Good de-escalation, uh, bro. Good de-escalation. That's awesome. Yeah. West Virginia. She put West Virginia tactical girl response. I think that's West Virginia de-escalation. By the way, you said you've known each other since 12. Are you guys like cousins? I'm so sorry. You did a good thing and nominated your buddy. Email me back so I can give him some free shit. And uh, I probably should have said this beforehand, but uh, thanks to anonymous donors, I've been able to give away some free uh, Portland Maine police meme shit to some deserving guys. So thank you guys for that. All right. And also nominate your buddies. Email me poorly made police memes at gmail.com. Okay. Moving on. Trying to focus here. I feel like this episode is falling apart, just like my friend kind of said happens. But, and I got to be fair, you you followed up maybe one of my best episodes. Sorry, just have me back. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. here's where cool, we're cool at. fucking story, Nick Jr. Fuck off. Fuck you, Nick, Nick Jr. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what? To be fair, though, um, fair. to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. Hey, let's let's talk Leonard Kenny really quick. Okay, Mary, fuck, kill, Katie, Bonnie, McMurray, Wait, Miss McMurray. McMurray. Oh, I thought you were throwing like McMurray in there. I'm like, oh, that changes things. Five point one five inches. No, Miss McMurray, <laughs> Bonnie McMurray, Katie. Okay, so I'm gonna. Oh, that's a tough one, dude. You threw that's a good stack. Fuck. All right. I'm gonna go with fuck Katie. Kill Miss McMurray. Mary Bonnie. Dude, I think we just became best friends. <laughs> um you already know exactly where I was going with that one. Yeah, I mean, well, it's hard. Like, I'm gonna be honest, and maybe some people are not gonna agree with me here, but I don't think Katie's as hot as everybody says. Oh, fuck you. She is a fucking smoke show. Are you kidding me? I'm just not into it, man. I'm but trying to Bonnie. find the sound. I'm trying to so- find the soundboard of Bonnie McMurray, but I can't find it. <laughs> um, I, I would probably kill Katie. I would fuck Miss McMurray because she seems like she's wild. And I would marry Bonnie McMurray. It's a hard choice, though. I just, Katie's hot. Don't get me wrong, but, like, I just, I don't know, man. It, I think she's probably had, like, the train run on her a time or two. We're, we're, we're also referring to her inappropriately. It's Miss Katie. Miss Mrs. Katie. And that's what I appreciate about you. Okay. So, let's fucking get back on the, the train, because <laughs> this is fucking getting... Re- we went from, like, really stupid, calling a, a deputy a cuck, to getting, like, really heavy... And talking about shit bags 
and leaving the job. And now we're talking about fucking fictional characters. I'm a roller coaster, man. Yeah. You know what? That's not true, though. You're like one of the most like stoic, calm people I've ever met. Except when there's booze in you. And then you're like a different dude. Fact. Okay. So maybe it's the wrong beer. And maybe it's because I put too many pickles in it. You're not digging it? Not digging it, bro. You fucked it up. You should have just let me make it for you. Probably. All right. Well, I'm going to be in town. I don't know if I'll have time to visit you, not to be a dick, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. So now I was on uh, Facebook and Instagram today and I asked some people why, like if they left, why they left, what they got, what kind of job they got into, and if they came back, because that's kind of where we're at. No, absolutely. That's that's a great question. So, and I, I apologize because usually I make them shorter questions, but I, I wanted to kind of hit that. So the first guy put, um, and I, I specifically asked if people left early. So this guy put um, that he left after 10 years. He misses how it was when he started, but not how it was when he left, which is kind of where I'm at. He yeah. had another 20 to go and wasn't young enough at that time. And it was time to shit or get off the pot. He knew it was time to go. And after it felt pretty good the first nine years, he knew it was time to go. And then he said later that it was pretty good the first nine years and the last year really sucked and he got jaded. He didn't say what he got into though. So I'd be, I'd be curious to hear what he got into. Sorry. These are kind of spread out like your mom. Um, <laughs> gross. Yeah, that is pretty gross. Sorry, buddy. Um, actually, I haven't met your mom and that's not fair. She's a wonderful lady. She's a Dorothy saint. Mantooth is a saint. <laughs> Okay. But take her out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. Oh, I fucking love that. I don't know how people don't like Anchorman. I've met people that don't like Anchorman. Anchorman 1, best fucking movie ever. Anchorman 2, absolute eh. ass. Eh. Fucking horrible. Okay, I just watched Elf. That movie, I think, might be the best Christmas movie. It's amazing. I love I Elf. love Elf. Okay, are you a Home Alone 1 or a Home Alone 2 kind of guy? both are good um i think home alone 2 had a little more substance and uh he's a little more conniving in that one i'm gonna go home alone 2 yeah i like to and i I, i'm gonna fall back on the i like new york during christmas time they do it well other than like you know the bums and the, the crime it's great yeah this guy responded, and I actually, this guy will probably be a guest on the podcast because we had a pretty good converse, side, side chat earlier today. He put, I spent five years on the job, no IA complaints, nothing. I was done playing high school games with a bunch of wannabe alpha types. So he left for kind of different reasons. Okay. Uh, and that's why I want to talk to him because he has a different perspective. Uh, yeah. My prior experience in the military and growing up in an LEO community, I saw... I'm not sure what he meant by this, but he said, I saw a dark side only until I wore the badge. After he left, he ended up joining the family business. Not sexy. It was brokering. Sounds sexy to me. And uh, I miss helping people. I miss the action. I don't miss the admin or the mandatory court on my days off just after my graveyard shift. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk to this guy, man, because I think he'll have an interesting perspective on things. So down the line, down the line. All right, so this guy said uh, he left the job early, eight years in, and turned in his resignation letter earlier this week. He was at the um, the People's Republic of Austin. He's uh-huh. 
leaving due to the pathetically weak leadership, the DA that yep. is dead set on. And I like this. He didn't put prosecuting cops. He put persecuting cops, which I think he's absolutely right. Yeah. The police, the office of police oversight, whose goal is to create as many IA cases as possible and a mayor and city council that openly hates us. I've had enough. I managed to get a job in IT starting in January. I spent my last three years going back to school and got a uh, degree in cybersecurity. He's going to miss his shift mates the most amongst the best people I've ever had the pleasure to know. I miss that shit too, man. Like, so can camaraderie. I, I'm going to offer a little bit of advice to this guy. Okay. Because it's, it's pretty close to what I do. Um, dude, it's, it's going to be really hard for like the first year because you're going to get into the job and nobody in that career field is going to really have the same moral character as you or have the same kind of a uh, dark humor if you have it which i think we all do um it has been something that i've had to be very aware of and thankfully the couple dudes in my shop or like former ones like a submariner for like 16 years he just he's a crazy fuck but um and i had another dude who was a a tanker he's armored in the uh, army and those are the two dudes i kind of tend to gravitate towards to gravitate to sorry uh, whiskey's talking but um a lot of people and especially you gotta be very aware that there are some soft motherfuckers in the world now and they will fucking dime you out faster than you can you can imagine so there's rats on the outside oh dude there's rats on the outside but as long as you can find good people or if you have a close connection to your cop buddies and you stay in good touch with them you can you can still talk shop with them but i'm going to tell you right now that you're going to want to do nothing but talk shop once you leave and it's because it's something that's so embedded in your DNA, you're not going to know what to do. And it's a, it's a very much a culture shock. Do we have it, it worse, though? Do we have it worse, though, since we are like third generation cops? Um, I, that's hard to say, man. Because I honestly, it, I, I could be way off, but I think that dudes that maybe just got into it, like it's been a thing in my life forever. Like even before I, I, you know, I went on ride alongs when I was in, you know, middle school, well, not middle school, high school. And by the way, it was in like a 96 Caprice and yes, it was fast as fuck, but oh, yeah. I, I, that could be like an us thing. And now this guy did add on that. Um, he said uh, the, to the question, would I come back is not with current leadership, um, I could go with small, some of the smaller cities nearby, but I'm not willing to take a 30k pay cut to go back to being the rookie in Midnight Shift. For me, it, I'm it, in a position I would, the right agency. Yeah, like policing is very much a, not about the salary. Like I keep, I keep hitting on that. It's about whether or not you have the passion to do it. See, but I, I will, for this guy's sake, I will argue. I'm assuming Austin pays pretty good. When you're used to that income know, and you've if you bought a house based on that income, that could be problematic. Yeah. I mean, just to be fair with it. To be fair. Yeah. 
To be fair. That's what I appreciate about uh, it you. Makes, it, ma- it makes perfect sense, but um, it's it's a tough transition, man. It's- By the way, this pickles shit, I don't, I don't know. And it's better as it's gone on. Did you eat, has your beer gone yet? No. Once your beer's gone, you eat the pickle, you're going to be happy. That's what she said. Ah. Uh, <laughs> all right, this one, this next one, we're going to get a little real on, okay? Okay, go ahead. I left because I was driving away from the jail one day, a day that was totally ordinary. Nothing was wrong. Home life was happy, and I had the strong, sudden urge to eat my gun for no reason. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm there twice a week uh, or twice a month to fill in now, and it has helped, but I'll probably no- never go back to full time. I mean, what do you say to that? I mean, that's that's some pretty heavy shit. And I I was kind of there, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know if I actually would have done it, but man, towards the end, it was like I was so depressed and so down, like about how things had gone because I'd put my whole life into it. Yep. You know, like uh, that is my life to that point, like. I fought it for a little bit, but then, you know, once I got going, I was like, I'm, I gotta be a cop. Like I'm going to be a cop. And then I was dead set into that. And like, that's what I was like essentially born into. And you guys have heard the podcast with my dad. Like, how could you not want to be a cop after hearing his passion and and going through all that? And then absolutely dude, I was fucking a soup sandwich in the Academy, man, but I fucking fought through and I didn't get fired. And You know, and I, I don't want this to sound like I'm like hoity-toity, but like I think I did a good job as a cop, and it's hard for that to just be gone. I know it was, for me, it was the right fucking decision to make. I did the right thing. Yeah. It's hard for it to be gone, and fuck, man, when you're feeling like that, what what else is left for you to do? You got to go. I I have some uh, some empathy to that. Um. A lot, a lot of my, this is, I'm getting all like emotional talking about this, but I, I've had a lot of buddies from the military and um, made that, you know, I have been, I was reserves, but I did deploy and I've been around a lot of great guys who have been military and law enforcement and um, kind of the same thing. There's, there's a great quote that I heard a long time ago, and maybe some of you guys have heard it, but um, it's that uh, cops are the peacetime soldiers that are constantly at war and it's because we never get to really leave it behind like yeah you might go to combat you might deploy to afghanistan iraq or um you know vietnam or any of that stuff and yeah you deal with the shit but you come home and um you you kind of expect to come home to a regular lifestyle and maybe that's maybe that's kind of scary but the thing for a cop is, is that you're in the regular lifestyle and that the shit that you see, it wears on you. It, it, it absolutely does. I mean, it wore on me never to the point where I, you know, wanted to, to get to that point. But certainly I went through, went through some things that were very hard, very tough and things you just, you don't, you can't fucking wrap your mind around it. And that's what I think keeps us, keeps us awake at night. But if you're, if you're in that position, there's really nothing I, I wouldn't say anything wrong with it like you got to go and get help dude like no one's going to look at you and i for me like all my peers between law enforcement and military i know a ton of people and even my own family dude like i have history of uh suicide in my family 
like yeah i i get i get it but it shit ain't worth it man like go find the help and, and find the reason to to keep keep moving forward and it might not come quick it might not be a day or two a month a year but like as long as you keep your feet moving forward and you don't stop you'll 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 get to that resolution but i don't hear the devil's playground yeah yeah i know i'm sorry to hear that that that, that individual is going through a tough time but sounds like they're they're using the right channels and and getting some help but just know a lot of us in this in this profession and you know i'm not in it anymore but i know what you're talking about man or you see some heavy shit and one day it just clicks dude and for maybe no fucking reason you're just like god damn i live a fucked up lifestyle and i don't i don't relate to anybody but the truth is there is somebody out there you relate to and some someone's been through a similar walk if not the same walk so use your resources reach out and 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 try and get some help and it sounds like this person's doing that so i'm glad to hear that absolutely so this guy left after seven years, went back to college while on patrol, and got a bachelor's in IT, took a huge pay cut, started a new career. That was 16 months ago. I'm making almost what I made as a cop, got my degree, work from home four days a week. I miss the job sometimes, but I remind myself why I left. Job's dead. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you go to poorly made police memes, you can buy a job's dead t-shirt. Anyway. It is. I mean, in places it's dead, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but there are some places uh, where the job is absolutely fucking dead or on life support. So, uh, keeping keeping things on a light note, I'm glad that they were able to get into college and 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 get that certification. Anybody who's looking to step out, vocations are hiring like crazy, man. I'm telling you, every time I look at my company's website, they're always IT is always a 100% guarantee to be open. I'm not, I'm not in IT, but I work closely with those guys. But my stuff's still a little bit more mechanical. Do they have pocket protectors? Uh, no, a lot of dude. Is that still a thing? Did pocket protectors no, go away not, with the? Man. A lot of IT is a lot of uh, a lot of my generation, man. There's the generation there's of, sucks balls. It does. It's not great, but no one's really wearing pocket protectors anymore. It's more like, like skinny jeans, floral socks, and like photographer boots and shit. But okay, bring back the pocket protectors right now. <laughs> bring them back. A couple of these, but like you are a soft motherfucker, aren't you? I had a a buddy. His dad worked in IT, and like, this is just my perception of the dude. Every day I saw him, he was wearing a white T-shirt. Or not a white T-shirt, a white button-up shirt. Yeah. And he had these big dorky glasses. And I feel like he was, like, older, too. Like, I think in, like, 1995, he was 60. So, I'm... Holy shit. Yeah, okay. Okay, maybe he looks 60. But I'm sure my friend that I've totally lost touch with probably doesn't listen to podcasts. And I'm not talking shit. His dad was a wonderful guy. But he was the dorkiest dude I've ever met. And now I think back on it, like, what the fuck was IT in 1995? I don't know. Nothing nothing as sophisticated as it is now, but. Yeah, I'd be interested. Still pretty in-depth. They, yeah, they I'm pretty... fucking, they, they paved the way for what we live in now. For sure. They did. Um, just remember, kids, Al Gore invented the internet machine. And Man Bear Pig. Man Bear Pig. God. <laughs> I need to catch up on South Park, man. I'm really far behind. Yeah. Like seasons behind. 
it's it's fantastic. I do love South yeah, Park, definitely. though. All right, so I just recently put on the internet machines on Instagram. Uh, by the way, real quick shout out. Um, you guys remember a couple episodes ago? I had uh, Christina Degas. Her husband was accused of filing a false report. He was found uh, not guilty today, which this will come out in a couple of days. But fucking thank God. But the fight's not over. So go over there and support those dudes. I put on the Instagram verbatim, drunk recording a podcast. Unpopular opinions. You want to hear some unpopular opinions, Nick Jr.? Fire away. Crown Vic suck. You're a piece of shit. Burn in hell. I, I'm what? Is that too much? Some, some might consider a millennial, and I think Crown Vicks are pretty fucking dope. Yeah, the uh, the check engine light on mine was flashing the other day. I've had a misfire for about six months now, so I'm hoping it's just that. Fucking Fords. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there'll, there'll be I a digress. poorly made update. We'll see if uh, uh, some plugs and wires solve my problem. Unpopular opinion number two. Unpopular opinion number two. I actually agree with this one. Pineapple is good on pizza. I like pineapple on pizza. Call me fucking crazy. It's fucking good. It's so fucking good. I don't know why people don't like it. My favorite pizza of all time, cream cheese and pineapple. Dude. All right. So I haven't had that combination, but the thing I regularly do uh, is cream cheese, jalapeno, pep, but it's got to be the old fashioned pep, like the crispy ones. Not not the flat baked, like floppy ones. Fuck those. But like the oven, like the wood fire oven, like crispy with jalapeno sausage and fucking cream cheese, dude. And then the sriracha ranch, the fucking best pizza you've ever had in your life. Sriracha. Okay. Is called sriracha. <laughs> okay. Is that like the sauce on the pizza or like does it have like typical tomato sauce? It depends. No, 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 no. It's typical tomato. It's. It's just ranch. Like you can either drizzle it on the top or you can fucking buy it in the supermarket, whatever, and dip your pizza in it. Okay. I I didn't know if like you cooked it with the sriracha ranch as the sauce. No, but like if you don't want cold sauce, you can like fucking throw a little on and put your oven to warm and put your pizza in the oven. I don't know. Preference. Um, I got to be honest, man. Like people get in arguments about pizza. I haven't really met a bad pizza. By the way, I'm going to eat a pickle right now. Uh, I'm interested. To, how far into your mouth did you put it? All the way. Was there any other way? That's my dude. That's my dude. Um, I have no gag reflex. Um, I think when like people say my podcast is rough around the edges, I think that was it. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's the icing on the cake. It is the icing on the cake. The pickle's really good, but it just tastes like a pickle. It doesn't taste like beer? No, it tastes like a fucking high-quality pickle. Well, it's because you used a British beer. You should try American next time. America. All right, next time I I will do it. I made a vow to myself this morning. I was like, you know, I'm really trying to lose weight. I need to stop drinking. I'm not even going to drink on this podcast. And I fucked that up for you. It's okay. I like to drink. All right. Uh, You ready for the next unpopular opinion? Opinion. Sushi isn't that good. Fuck off. Sushi is everything. I've never had sushi. Your long pause made me very uncomfortable. Dude, 
you got that's because i had a giant pickle in my mouth (laughs) (laughs) she said hey no dude sushi sushi is amazing dude all whether you're getting like tempura or you're getting you're getting uh like a good like super fresh roll whether it was like uh nigiri and all the other uh, taco and all that other shit you know i'm probably slaughtering it but uh, anything on a sushi menu is fair game, except eel. I think eel tastes like shit. I, will I like not calamari. Does that count? Fried calamari? I, I guess. Have you ever had raw raw octopus? You had a pause after you said raw. Yeah, it's because I know you're, <laughs> you, you were going to hit on it. I, knew, <laughs> I know you. Anyway. I don't raw, know if I've had. Uncooked. Let's, I'm going to use the word. I don't know uncooked. if I've had raw. It's fucking octopus. Great. Yeah, I've never had sushi. If the thought of it is very unappealing to me, I don't know if I would like it or not. I You're always took into account. Heavy shit. Okay, hold on a second. I always took into account. I lived in Colorado and now I live in Iowa. It's very far from the ocean. How fresh can it be? Uh, depends, dude. You, if you go to uh, like a nice joint, like some of our local okay. spots that are. I get you live in expensive. Colorado, but you don't have to use the terminology joint. Okay. Uh, it's habit i'm sorry sorry <laughs> it's there's some good shit granted it's not like japan or fucking hawaii or any of the other spots but it's still good and i have not been to japan but i do want to venture up there at some point in my life makes sense rocky mountain oysters okay for a dude that lives in colorado and likes balls I've never had them. You're fucking crazy. I think they're amazing. Dude, cow balls. How yes. could you fucking convince somebody to eat cow balls? Like, once I heard what it was when I was like six, I was like, no, I'm not eating cow balls. Dude, you got to broaden your spectrum. You got Variety is the spice of life. They're, they're, they're not like, okay, so let's think about this. When, when Rocky Mountain oysters are served, they're not served in like, one giant like potato sized testicle hey what was john denver's last hit by the way rocky rocky mountain high it was a a mountain (laughs) regardless actually that brings up my favorite john lennon joke who died like the anniversary of his death was a couple days ago this This week week, yeah what was john lennon's last last hit i i don't know the pavement (laughs) That's fucked up. It's so bad. It's so fucked up. Her dude was <laughs> shot in the back. Anyway. Oh. Apparently, here's a fun fact. Hold on. Back hold to on. the bull testicle. No, hold on. I'm going to tell you a fun fact about John Lennon. Apparently, like, his last words were, uh, he was, so I guess NYPD, like, transported him. Like, some cops, trans, like, transported him in the back of their car to the hospital. Yep. And they were like, hey, are you John Lennon? And his last words were like, I am, or something like that. So the poor dude gets fucking shot in the back and like some cops are like, hey, it's fucking John Lennon, huh? Like the cops will be cops. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So what about cow balls? You want to tell me? They slice them up. That doesn't make it any better. It does. They deep fry them. You have them with marinara, uh, ranch, whatever, whatever your fetish is, but they are good. So and I stand by if you were a real man, you would just eat them whole raw. I that's how a true don't. Colorado cowboy would eat it. 
the Rocky yeah, I never Mountain said Oyster. I was a cowboy, but um, I, I don't know about that. But I see your point. Yeah, be a man. I see your point with the sushi, the raw, and testicles, and yeah. What's happening? No, nope, right I'm now? going with cooked. Okay, here's a good question. This isn't really like an unpopular opinion. So whoever sent this in, you failed because it was very simple directions. As the kids say, you did not understand the assignment. But would you rather get OC sprayed, CS gas, or tased? Tased, 100%. Tased. Like, this not even debatable? Not even debatable. CS gas is fucking awful. Well, no. So CS gas in the military is awful. It's much more concentrated. But CS gas, like they deployed on us um, for training, really, it really wasn't that bad. The pepper spray. Or it was OC, a terrible feeling. I'm just saying, like, the, the, the getting taste sucks balls. The CS gas is just a terrible feeling. Pepper spray is this. the fucking worst, though. I'll tell you this. I made, I made a fatal mistake into anybody who's pre-academy. And no, dude, let them fucking fuck it up. Don't tell them <laughs> secrets. Is that evil? That's evil. All right. I'll just recommend a towel between somewhere. Oh. Anyway. Wait, for CS? The CS did it worse than the pepper spray, bro. Because I, I got in there and, uh, um, yeah, it all, it all ran. Gravity did its job. Really? And I was not ready for it. Really? I didn't have that problem. The bush was mighty, so uh, they could have protected me. <laughs> what the fuck? God damn. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's kind of gross, but I love it. Yeah. Hey, like the so, okay. revenue. Are, are you supposed to shave? Is that like a thing for dudes? For me? <laughs> okay. We're are not you even asking going me we're specifically? Not even, we're not we're even gonna going to go down there. that road. Yes. Yes, you are. Am I supposed to? Really? Fuck yeah, dude. Do you buy a different razor? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because I'm just like full on bush, man. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Should probably I've, make a change. I've heard that if you shave, it makes it look bigger. So that could be that could be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? You've got enough time, dude. You can you can run down to the supermarket and uh, uh, I, I just uh, I encourage you to be delicate. I'm not saying I, I haven't. I'm just saying, like, I don't know, man. It just seems like a lot of work. It grows back so fast. A the real man has been... a bush, okay? Uh, I'm totally editing okay. all of this out. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be heard. What the fuck is happening right now? It needs to be heard. It's uncomfortable, bro. Sometimes the uncomfortable things need to be fucking brought to the light because they're the most important. No, I'm saying it's literally uncomfortable, like the chafing. Oh. Okay, here's the thing. God gave you... Okay, by the way, girls, you need to shave. But God gave you pubes for protection. From what? OC? Or from fucking CS? Yeah, fuck off. No. Yeah. Uh, No. Yeah. Okay. You're crazy. We need to to get off this one. Um, By the way, if you want to sponsor my podcast after this, DM me. Let's see. Here we go. Police agencies should drop all community outreach, humanizing the badge. You're wrong about that. I think there's a better way to do it, but you are absolutely wrong. I agree. You know, there was um, any opportunity that I had 
for community outreach, whether it was, you know, uh, tossing a football at the kids or going to community events, you know, we, we hosted some, I, I always went. And it's because it's, it's important to be a figure, like a positive figure in the community and to show face. I think that if you don't, I think that that's where the trust breaks down. Personally, I'm speaking on my own behalf, but yeah, any I think, opportunity. No, go ahead, dude. Any opportunity that I had to go out and and shake hands and be who I actually am, it was good because it was showing it was showing good faith. It was showing like I, I'm just a regular dude, man. Like I I might you know be a little fucked up in the head from the job, but I can still be a functioning member of society and I can still come out and connect with you on a very basic level and that's all people want dude people want cops to connect with you on a basic level they don't they don't want you to come out and tell them about how bad the place is and they don't want you here they just want to come out and see that you're friendly and that you know you can sit down and 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 kind of joke around with them a little bit and be just be a human dude that's all people want yeah i i think the reason i had success is because i was a dude like i was just a dude i was me yeah me too that was it. And when it's time to get down, it's time to get down. But that was me. Like if I went to your call and responded to your call, I was me. I did the things I needed to do well until 2020 to be safe, but I was me. And so can I tell a quick story real quick? It's not really community relations, but rather connecting with somebody on like a human level. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. So I was at one of our area hospitals um, for a dude who had been shot, right? It was uh, non-life-threatening. He, um, it, it was very clear that he ended up shooting himself in the leg, and we see that a lot, <laughs> which was kind of funny. But I remember uh, getting to the scene. I was first on scene. I saw the dude laying there, and um, anyway, he was fucking laying on the ground, you know, making a scene and. I just, I walked up to him calmly and I was able to assess the situation and realized that it wasn't bad enough to where like it needed a tourniquet and I didn't need to go overboard with it and shit. But I also saw his gun laying on the ground and I just decided to put my boot on top of his gun and stand on top of it. And I was like, who shot you, man? And he was like, oh, some drive by, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was like, oh, I don't know if I believe you, but, you know, let's get your, you know, and then a couple of cars showed up. And I was like, you know, cut his pants. Let's make sure nothing's too bad. Cut his pants off. I saw a bunch of tattoos on his legs I recognized. And I kind of started talking to him about his tattoos. And yeah, he rolled over and looked at me and was like, okay, you know, like started calming down a little bit. And I was like, listen, man, we're going to load you up on this bus, meet you at the hospital. Let's keep chatting. He was like, all right, sounds good. And it was funny, like his entire demeanor changed. He goes to the hospital. I show up, they got him in the, in the ED and they're working him and shit. And he's calmed completely down. Like he's in pain, but he's like being compliant. He's talking and he's being cool. Anyway, I was like, all right, man, well, these other guys are going to check on you for a minute. You know, they're going to watch you. I got to go out to my car. I got to grab my computer and um, just give me a minute. I'll be back in. So anyway, I went to my car and I was sitting in my car for, like a couple of minutes, I was like just starting to get like all the, the report stuff started. Anyway, there was a bunch of shit going on. I mean, this is where I made a fatal mistake. 
and I shouldn't have done this and I, I regret doing it, but I turned my radio down. Knew I was on the call, knew they were going to be calling me for shit. And anyway, I had another channel going on on the other, on the in-car radio. And so I turned my earpiece down and the next thing I know, I see fucking cars flying into the parking lot, like running code. And I'm like, holy shit. And like, you fucking dove out of my car and running. And of course it's my guy and everybody's in there and they've got like less lethal pointed at them and everybody's screaming and hooping and hollering and doing all this crazy shit. And I'm like, the situation's chaotic. And anyway, like I peeked over one of the other officer's shoulders and I was like, I, I called the guy out by his name. I won't mention his name, but I was like, the fuck are you doing, man? And he looked at me and he saw I was back in the room. He's like, these motherfuckers are tripping, bro. Like they're going off and they're, they're disrespecting me. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, slow down, slow down. Like I ended up getting them calmed down enough. And I'm like, listen, bro, you got to go. Like you got to get handcuffed. Like you're acting crazy. And he was like, the only person who's allowed to handcuff me is you and you alone. I don't want any of these motherfuckers touching me, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, just chill. And like, everybody's still in the room, but I can roll over there and like put him in handcuffs. And he was super compliant, like laid him down. It was good. And I'm like, dude, you can't fucking bug out like that. You're going to get yourself fucking killed, man. Like he lost his shit. And he was a big dude. Like he was a, a monster of a human. And I was just super happy. Like it was super cool to like get him to lay down. But that was like one of those ending my point here is like a community relations thing. Like we're not all like there to like fuck people up. It's like at a human level, it's like, dude, chill out. Like I'm trying to help you calm the fuck down, like lay down, just chill. And he did. And it was a fucking defining moment in my career. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm not right. here to hurt you. Like, let's relax. And I'm not saying calm like these, the outside units for community relation relations relations <laughs> fuck me i'm not saying these outside units for community relations don't have a place but i think they've been doing it for far too long wrong the wrong way stop singing and dancing just be fucking real you'll, yeah, you'll have a lot better success and the rest of the people in the department won't think you're a fucking idiot like i said to my point i don't believe that that was uh necessarily a community relations scenario but it helped, it helped this dude understand, like, all right, at least one of these guys is calm. At least one of these guys is on the level of, like, I'll listen to you. And I think if we're going to reel it back in to a community relations perspective is that that's what the community wants out of cops, dude. Like, they just want people to be able to, like, if something's chaos, to, like, get at, get at it, like, at a human level and, like, control it. And I know... I know that that's not always the case and I'm not, I'm not advocating for that, but certain times, certain situations, certain scenarios, that's absolutely what can be done. That's the way it can be handled. But again, it goes back to the point of like, is that the type of cop you are? Can you adapt to every situation? And there's certain situations and I'm not I'm like boasting on myself. It sounds like, but, not every one of my situations went down like that or my, my calls went down like that, but there was a couple that did. And it was a fucking gratifying experience, dude. It made me feel good. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's continue on here with, dude, what did you do to me, man? I wasn't going to even drink. All right. Whoops. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, ranch dressing isn't that good. Go fuck yourself. Ranch dressing is life. Yeah. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um... <laughs> okay here 
I feel like this is Dennis from Street Cop, but carrying batons is the big dumb. The big dumb, like... You think that's stupid? You're a fucking idiot, man. What a great fucking tool. I didn't carry mine all the time. Um, It was definitely uh, either, you know, that spot in the caprices where you could slide it in or it was on the on the floor right next to me. I always had it, but I never carried it all the time to his justice, but an effective tool. Yes. When you're, when you're showing up to like a bar fight or something like a great tool to use to clear people out of the way or to to kind of make a point, like, yeah, we, we're not here to goof around. There's a time and a place. Like there's some calls where, you know, if you're tactical and you're sneaking around somewhere, probably don't want a baton clanking on shit. Totally. I get that. But overall, it gives you an advantage. It's a less lethal tool, which we could use more of those. Is it always going to work? No. It's probably more effective than a taser, though. And I carried it almost every single call. I only used it once. But to me, it was kind of like a shotgun. You get out of your car and you ring a baton. It's like fucking getting out of a car and racking your shotgun. Cruiser safe, buddy. Cruiser safe, buddy. You come in, the fucking call, you rack your baton. If people are sizing you up, they're going to say, all right. For me, I had an advantage. I'm a bigger dude. I'm not a mountain like our fucking contest winner, but I'm a bigger dude. So, like, I had that to my advantage. But people see the baton. You don't want to get fucking hit by that. And for a bar fight, for something where you need to create distance or if you're outnumbered, great fucking tool. Why not have it? Now, the expandable, collapsible ones that might fall apart on you. The RCD. I could see that. I could see that. But like a fucking like straight up like wood baton that isn't going to fucking break. If you crack somebody with it, you're an idiot. Bring your baton, you douchebag. That was a little intense. I apologize. But bring your baton. I'll tell you, there's there's one tool that I I never deployed but I always, well, I guess deploy isn't the right word. I, I always had the party can, you know, the, the, the big ass OC can. Um, and I only use that on graves when we were going to bar fights, but you, you pull up to a bar fight and they see that party can in your weekend, you know, like people tend to change their tune a little bit. I never had to actually use it, but it was a great, tool like if there was a massive bar fight and given given those clear concise commands of disperse and if they didn't they were going to be subjected to chemical restraint or whatever you want to call it i don't give a fuck but people were like yeah not nah, fuck that i'm out of here and it would always break up the fights and I never had to use it but i always had my baton rung on those calls though because we had one bar in particular that um, on graves, we were going to pretty much every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. I think I know and, what that is. Yep. So every night, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, I've heard a story of a party can being used in a certain business where they were being uncooperative and it got put into the vents. Allegedly, bang energy is cringe. So Absolutely this was not. this was a popo medic that put it in. You're a douchebag for this. You're being cringe right now, Mr. Popo medic. Um, yeah. Bang Energy is good. The guy that runs Bang Energy, 
is like the Tiger King. He's cringe. Delicious drinks. And there's some hot chicks. Just saying. Um, Let's see here. I, I, I may have gone overboard on those energy drinks maybe once or twice where you had like three in a shift because you were in court all day. And next thing you know, it was like you were on another fucking planet of caffeine. It was probably getting close to like having a heart failure, but been there, done that. I've, uh, I've tried to uh, not do, I, I limit myself to one energy drink a day. Unpopular opinion. Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. I got to be straight up. This might be the only movie out of the MCU that I have not seen. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with you on that one. I've seen a lot of the Marvel shit, and I'm no nerd for it. I do enjoy them, but I don't know about a Christmas movie. I guess I'll have to watch it, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate into the comments. It's weird. I haven't seen that one, and I haven't seen the the Hulk one that's associated with the MCU. I think this is the only two I haven't seen, which I guess I have plenty of downtime. I guess I could watch it. Did you um, watch the new Loki series? It was fucking awesome. Oh, it's so good. It was so good. I love it. I'm a Captain America guy, not a big uh, Iron Man guy, if I'm being honest. Woof. <laughs> God damn. You got a problem with that? Yeah, you got a problem Iron... with Captain America, then you got a problem with me, and I think you should think you should Have let you that. You seen marinate. Avengers Endgame? Come on, dude. He came full circle. He came full circle. He is Iron Man. Tony Stark's a douchebag. Final bag. words, dude. Final bag. words. Tony Tony Stark's a douchebag. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> Next on popular opinion. Um, let's see here. There should be a minimum level of work output to justify perks in the job. I think I know what you're saying, but it's very vague. Like, are you saying that, like, you have to write so many tickets to get the 50% off at Chick-fil-A? Is that what he's saying, or am I misinterpreting? I don't know. That that was, like, a deep knife, though, because if that was the case, I'd be pissed. Yeah. Um, I don't get that perk anymore, but God damn, I love it. Oh, Chick-fil-A is the nectar of the gods. I fight the Lord's chicken, buddy. Yeah. Okay, what do you think? How do you feel about first responder discounts? Is that cringe or not? I don't think it's cringe. No, fuck you. If you don't like that cops get discounts on shit, go fuck yourself. It, it's up to the business. It's, it's their money. Why do you fucking care? Yeah, I never, I never went out and asked for it, but if they gave it, I was never really one to turn it down. You are cringe if... You, you know, like, look, I went to Chick-fil-A in uniform a couple times and I had to pay a full price. Is what it is, man. Is Dude, what it it's is. Like, it, it's like the speeding ticket thing. If we're going back to the beginning of the podcast, you know what? If you that pay was a long price, time you, ago, by the way. You you pay full price and you don't fucking bitch about it. You take it on the chin. You don't expect to be, you know, given courtesy. Courtesy is given as a fucking courtesy. And, uh, yeah. Did you just say courtesy is given as a courtesy? Look it up. It's science. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's not, they've done studies, you know, 60% of the time. It works. It every works time. every time. Unpopular opinion. City cops are better than county cops. There, I said it. You're wrong, dude. Get yeah, off your high I'm going to go you're wrong. You're just jealous because you don't fuck your cousin, okay? I know a lot of good deputies, man. They get down. Yeah, dude, them them guys fucking get down. As much as 
I give him a hard fucking time a lot because it's just like, it's an easy target. Like it's just, I go with what is given to me. And sometimes the deputy memes are just fucking there and right for the taking. But um, they fucking answer calls by themselves in uh, city boys. We roll like 10 deep. So there you go. Boom. Boom. All right. The last one, which is probably the worst one. Unpopular opinion. All they put it was 1911. That's it. 1911. What about 1911? Which I've never, I've never owned one. I can't, I can't speak to that. I've heard that you can shoot them in space. (laughs) Holy shit. I bet the bullet underwater in space. Um, I don't, to me, the 1911 was like a lot of work and I, I, I get it. Like there's some dudes that are personally are like really attached to them and think they're great. I don't know, man, just give me a Glock and I'll pull the trigger and I'll go boom, boom. You know, though, if we're, if we're, if we're being honest here, I think they're beautiful guns. Oh no, they are like out of guns. They're, they're the prettiest guns. I mean, like, there are some dudes that had some great looking 1911s, but like, okay, so here's my here's my 1911 story time. Is in the academy, they uh, basically what they did is they made us run, and then we had to come back, and there was like one drill where you had to put together your gun before you could shoot, and then there was another drill where you had to shoot someone else's gun. Of course, I ran back and they moved the guns around and I got a 1911. I never shot one before and there's like 800 safeties on it. <laughs> um, it felt good, though. I felt like a man with it in my hand. I don't know. I, I guess I haven't shot enough of them. Maybe I need to get a 1911 and get an old 45 there and see yeah. how I feel. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit here and badmouth them because I've never never owned one, but um, I've owned a lot of different types of handguns and uh, I've been I've been pretty happy with Glock. They they haven't let me down yet. I personally my Smith the feel of it was a lot better than a Glock. Um but I just got tired of seeing emails about how my 40 was going to blow up in my hands so I decided to get a Glock. I had the Smith and Wesson XD40. It's the only gun I've ever sold. And I sold it and it was one of those little subcompact ones and it was absolute fucking trash. I hated it. You know because- what gun I really hated? I had the little um it was the Smith 380 semi-auto. It had like a laser on it. Yeah. I liked it because it had a safety. And I liked it because like a pocket carry having a safety, it made, you know, I liked yeah. the pocket carry. It was easy. And I, I like having a safety on it. That was a, a cool feature. And it was really, that gun, man, it had the longest fucking trigger pull. And it was so small in my hands. I was like, I, I can't, I can't. So I sold it. I, I was trying to, to carry the Glock 26 as a as my everyday carry for the longest time and um i kind of got over it um i ended up kind of acquiring a uh smith and wesson model 36 38 little snub nose and uh it was just so much it was so much easier to carry i'm like in my pocket wherever i was carrying it, i'm like fuck yeah and then we've come to towards the end of the podcast i got a couple things for you sure what's up i gotta do one thing because i fucking forgot it last episode Word of the day. Do I get to pick one? You dickbag. You've had like months to do this and you listen to the podcast. Yeah, you get to pick one. Ooh, that's a tough one. Come on, Nick Jr. Carnage. Carnage? Yep. I like it. 
That is a fucking fun word for a report or for over the radio. So if you can fit it in a report over the radio and you want to be famous, throw it on, uh, send it to me. If not, don't get in trouble, but do it anyway, because it's fun. This episode is carnage. What a fucking roller coaster train wreck. What is your favorite patrol car? You're going to hate me. God, there was way too much pause. You fuck. No, it, it, it takes into to, it's the Tahoe. You bitch. You soccer mom bitch. Here's the thing though. Did dude, we like, have did we have Vicks when you started? Yes. Okay. Yep. There's a couple fielded and I, I did get struck. And I don't I'm not knocking them. I loved them. But the thing was is my I'm I'm a taller dude. You know that. Um I hate fucking sitting down into a car. I'd rather climb into it. That was my biggest problem. Is every, that's gross. But <laughs> I had a pair of uh, Oakleys. Every cop has a pair of Oakleys. Anyway, I fucking hit my head on the door. Go, or not the door, but the, the frame rather going in. And I broke my fucking Oakleys and put a huge dent in my head. And that was at the time I decided I was going to start being picky about what car I was getting fielded. And like, I started telling the supervisor, I'm like, I'm not getting back into that little ass car because I keep hitting my head and shit. Getting into it, I was like, "Give bitch, how fucking." You know what? I I don't even want to hear about it. I'll own it, dude. I'll own it. Just you know, I used to think so fucking highly of you, and I'm. But here's the other part. Here's the other part. Like, and and here's some things some guys might not like, especially anybody who's probably a trooper. But I never used the rifle rack because it wouldn't fit around my light and shit. And what was cool about the Tahoe is I could slide my rifle right in between the seat and the MDT. And anytime I needed to deploy my rifle, it was right there. And then I always had my coat and I always threw my coat over the rifles whenever I was out of the car. If I needed to get out with a fucking long gun, it was right there. And I was out. I wasn't trying to find the lock and trying to pull it out and fuck around with it. It was out and I was on the ground ready to go. Okay. All right. Ground for life. Anyway, uh, Nick Jr., have you ever pooped your pants as a grown-up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Proven Metromo wrong funny, every Funny podcast. story, and I'll dime myself out. I was actually working off duty. And uh Did you I, say duty? I worked to do it was double duty. <laughs> hey. I, I was working a traffic job directing traffic. And uh I farted and it it was not a trustworthy fart. And uh, I shit my pants and had to leave off duty. Oh, man. Full blowout, huh? A full blowout. And the worst part was, was riding 36 miles home Ooh. in shitty, shitty underwear. So here's but, a you know, pro tip. Here's a pro tip, by the way. Just keep a spare uniform at work. I'm just saying. Bro, I was off duty. You couldn't fucking go to the sub <laughs> and change your pants? My spare uniform was on my back. Yeah, I had to go home in clean shame. Up. Clean up a little bit. It yep. happens to the best of us, man. It does. All right. So the last thing I've got for you, my friend, is for the millions upon millions of people that will hear this podcast eventually. Do you have any imparting words of wisdom? Yeah, man. If you're passionate about the job, stay in the job. If leaving is the right thing, by your family like if, if you're a single dude and you're deciding whether or not you want to leave 
that's on you. But if you've got a wife and kids and, or a husband and kids, confer with your family, like talk to your family, see what your family wants, because I, I firmly believe family first. And sometimes putting yourself, you know, um, putting yourself out there and, and doing something on making a sacrifice on behalf of your family. That's something that'll never be forgotten. Um, that's something that you, you can take to the grave. And, and I know cops are all about, you know, commitment and about being true and, and honest. And that's like one of the most honest things you can do is do right by your family. Absolutely. And, and you know, whatever, whatever you're going to go through, whatever pain or, or regret you're going to go through, that's something you're going to have to live with kind of quietly, interpersonally, if you will, but family first, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Family first. But I guess I, I will not to argue you're, you're the interpersonally, man, like, and not to be like too like cringy, but you know, you can always call me up, bro. Oh, I got absolutely. you, fam. I got you, fam. Absolutely. Um, I know that. And I think that's a good reminder for guys that stay to treat the guys that leave, like check around them, make sure they're doing all right. I always talk. I I've I've stayed well connected with a lot of the people who I was close with at my old agency to include you, you know, we talk pretty regularly and it's one of those things, man, like, even though I'm out, it doesn't mean that I don't, I don't understand anymore. I get it. And rough patches are going to hit and good patches, you know, it's that roller coaster of life, man. And you know what, like whether you're in or out, we're all still here for each other. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, I uh, I appreciate you coming on. You were my uh, you were my backup for a while, and uh, I got you on finally. So glad we had this talk. It was a, a bit of a roller coaster of an episode, but I I hope some people get something out of it. I hope so too, man. And for all you other guys who are still on the job or thinking about getting on a job, my hats off to you and nothing but respect and love. You guys continue being safe and make good decisions out there and most importantly have each other's backs 100 percent, man all right with that said that is the conclusion of this uh poorly made police manning and fuck me poorly made police podcast uh i think this is episode 41 so we're we're marching towards christmas i've got a few more episodes and then uh christmas day will be my last episode i got something special planned hopefully i can pull it off and then uh, I'll take a couple weeks off, and then I'll come back uh, January 9th, I think. Maybe the Thursday before. I'm still figuring that out. But if you want to support me and support the podcast, tell your friends. Um, that whole shadow banning thing on Facebook and Instagram is real. So word of mouth is a good thing. Tell people about the podcast. Hopefully, I don't disappoint them. Other ways you can do it. It's, we're getting towards the end of the time to be able to buy uh, the ornaments, but Go buy some Christmas ornaments, man. I'll make a great gift, even if it's not for your tree. And then I've always got my poorly made police memes merch. It's beautiful. It'll make you feel complete and whole inside. And then uh, when I'm talking about the uh, cups I'm drinking out of, you can listen along and drink too. It'll be fantastic. So buy some merch that helps. At the end of every podcast, there's a little link. Click on that. You can uh, give me a little bit of cheddar and uh, it helps me keep the lights on and justify my existence. And then, of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. With that said, you guys all be safe out there. And remember that I love most of you. Bye-bye. Okay, so if you've stayed, here's some bonus material. Nick Jr., do you want to talk about the first interaction we ever had on patrol together? Let's talk about it.
was it cringe or was it not cringe? You were super fucking cringe, bro. I I'm was like, super fucking cringe. Who the fuck bro? is this motherfucker, rookie bitch? <laughs> uh, so to the listeners, uh, bonus material. So the first time uh, we really got to interact with each other, I was um, had a little downtime and was trying to, as I put it, run around and kick ant piles watch the ants scurry but <laughs> i was using a certain piece of equipment that i sent out over an mdc message that that caught the attention of our dear friend here and i was ridiculed for it and it was so fucking cringe but so funny in hindsight uh, i was uh sitting across the way using a pair of binoculars that i referred to as binos and then an mdc message i said hey i'm glassing this car right now it's dirty i'm gonna go get it and uh, our our dear friend here um latched onto that like a leech and has never <laughs> let it go <laughs> oh. <laughs> never let it go and uh to my justice there is no the car justice was, there is a justice. The car was dirty and everybody bailed out and ran. But uh, do we end up getting like the driver for like suspended or something? That was all yeah, we got it was out some, of it. Some stupid, but I just remember it was the best because he uh, immediately sent me a personalized meme of uh, me using the phrase, I'm glassing him with binos. And it was fucking hilarious. And it's a good thing that I'm a. Do you still uh, have uh, it? No. I, oh, man. Yeah, I went through dude, months, it was, I don't have it anymore. It was funny because when you sent it to me, I'm like, this motherfucker, are you kidding me? You just memed me? I was all pissed off. I'm like, fuck you, man. And then, and then your par- like, car partner that day probably was like, yeah, I get used to it. Yeah, he, and then I started He is a victim of me very frequently. I, <laughs> dude, I, I ended up like moments later just laughing and I ended up taking light of it. And I was like, that's fucking funny because... That was pretty cringe in hindsight, but <laughs> you know what's funny? I don't, I don't know if I ever told you this. I thought you were somebody else when you first came to the team, and people like uh, my one of my partners was like, "Oh yeah, he's great," and I was like, "Wait, isn't he the dude that's dating so and so? He sounds like a douchebag." Did you know I thought you were somebody else? Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, oops, that was pretty cringe. And big department, man. Down. It gets mixed up. It's not a big deal. We, we sat down in a, in a certain cop shop and actually got to meet after that. And it was romance. Not yeah. going forward. Yep. Moments later. Romance. All right. Romance. I hope you guys enjoyed the bonus material. And now fuck off. Fuck off.